Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Let's have all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, Brady PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Australian survivor. Survivor New Zealand. Survivor. 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 21 South African. 12 ordinary Australians. 16 New Zealanders. One million pounds. Hello everyone and welcome to RHAP's coverage of Australian Survivor for Heroes vs. Villains. I'm your host, Shannon Gus, here to talk about week seven. Four episodes left, two weeks left. We're almost at the end of this. It's crazy to think about. It's really been a journey. I, I don't remember my life before this season started. And I have an incredible guest to talk about the season with me, continuing what has become now a tradition of the season of having amazing US players who want to talk about Australian Survivor because it's gone so global and really, really had so much attention, especially this season. But he is a super fan of all the Australian Survivor seasons. He's a, a global Super fan. I don't know if you've seen his watch list. It's very, very in-depth. And he is obviously a U.S. Survivor finalist. It is the great Owen Knight. Owen, thank you for being here. Of course, Shannon. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really, really pumped to talk about this. This has been such a fun season to watch. And I've been staying up late, waking up early, just like waiting, waiting, really excited for every new episode. And so I'm really, really excited to talk about it. Yeah, I'm happy to have you here. No time limit, you know, get all your thoughts as much as you want to give them, which is great. That Australian survivor loophole is a wonderful thing. Oh, and how have you been since we heard from you on the deep dive? Not long since your season ended, very like just a couple of months. And I'm sure that that is a ridiculous adjustment to make in your life. 
it has been has been strange and it, it's been really nice honestly my my yeah. life is great i guess it's what been about three months since the season finished and uh it's hard to believe so much time has passed but it also hasn't felt like a lot and it's it's felt very normal and i was a little nervous how i would react watching the premiere for 44 watching australian survivor just like being a fan again and i've been very relieved and excited that it just feels basically the same and sure i might recognize new things or hear you know some audio editing tricks or something like that here and there that i may not have picked on before but it's been really fun and you know getting recognized every now and then by a wayward survivor fan has made me feel very special and um, just really honored that i get to be a part of this community and now i get to talk to you about uh this international survivor so yeah life is good yeah, and Australian Survivor has been, you know, referencing you the entire time. I mean, like, to have the Charlie Brown narrative come Oh, my come goodness. Big year so for Charlie quickly. Brown and Survivor. Yeah, really. Like, huge, huge few months in terms of the fact that, you know, Simon makes your journey look like it was going swimmingly, I feel. Like, you had, like, nothing went wrong at all. So I think that, you know, we can all thank Simon for the fact that he's given you that. Um, but, you know, you, you've you been a, such a huge fan of Australian Survivor. Can you tell the listeners your journey into, you know, accessing, finding Australian Survivor and your fandom with it? Yeah, absolutely. So it all goes back really to when I found RHAP after I rediscovered Survivor with Millennials versus Gen X. I, I was a Survivor fiend. I really just went all in. I ended up binging, I guess, with American seasons. I binged all, I guess, at the time, 32 seasons in like nine months. And it was like the James, Dave Chappelle meme, like, y'all got any more of that Survivor? Like I was just <laughs> clamoring for more. And then that was right around the time where uh, the reboot started with 2016. And um, it was honestly really fascinating watching that first season with Lee and Christy and Sam Webb and, you know, just the uh, more old school kind of values coming to the screen after I had just done this binge of the American seasons and seeing the game evolve over the course of, at the time, 32 American seasons, 33 seasons, and then watching it almost not start at ground space, zero, ground zero, but like, really have much more of an old school feel and some of those more loyalty, mateship, those kind of values, and then watching the game develop and then going on to 2017 with Luke. Oh my goodness. And and just seeing a character like that live for the first time. Because, you know, I wasn't watching Kageon live. I wasn't watching like the Tony experience week to week. So watching Luke um, at that time really injected this kind of really uh, excitement into me. And yeah, I couldn't get enough of it. Um, I fell off a little. I, I kind of it was hard to keep up with and just like the time difference in three episodes a week. And there'd be weeks uh, where I wouldn't keep up as much. But All Stars, I actually never finished All Stars, I'm embarrassed to say. But I've well, heard you're about that... to because I think this <laughs> week might be the similar week to All Stars. Like you're yeah. finishing it in, in the part two that maybe we're getting a little bit of now. Yeah, well, I got apparently, and I've I've heard it's hit or miss, but I know I've loved loved Australian yeah. Survivor. I like I was South African. I need to catch up on some old seasons, but I loved uh, Return of the Outcasts as well. So it's just been amazing to watch these global versions and connect with these castaways from around the world, and you know, messaging with these people, and uh, just realizing that Survivor has connected me to people like you halfway across the world, and I think it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's such an interesting thought to think about getting into Survivor in 2016, watching Millennials versus Gen X, and then getting into like really watching it live through 2017. And in the US, you had what game changes and here in Buffalo's. <laughs> and then we had Australian Survivor 2017, which until now has, I, th I think, been the best Australian Survivor season. Maybe, you know, even so, it's really tough competition. So I feel like if you're watching any of those things live, that's like the best live experience you were probably having as, as you know, becoming a super fan. Absolutely. It really was. It was a stark contrast to Game Changers. Yeah. I'll tell you that. And um, it's it's 
really 2017 remains in probably my I don't I've never like actually typed out a ranked list of my favorite seasons, but it, it holds a special place in my heart. And it's objectively, I think, one of the best versions of Survivor period, best seasons of Survivor period. And uh, just so many iconic moments that I still reference and remember, like the charades challenge and Luke the, at the auction, just so much. And uh, yeah, yeah, watching that live weekly was really special. So uh, it was a great time to enter. Yeah, 2017 has such a special place in my heart. It was the first time I really believed in Australian Survivor and quickly too, because it was so good from like that first week. I was like, oh, we're on. Like, this is so different. Um, Like, we might be able to actually do something here. And I was interning yeah. Nick and I feel like so much of where I'm at now is because 2017 like ignited the series into what it's become at its best. So yeah, very important year, 2017 for Australian Survivor. But we have to talk through this season, which people have been mostly loving until maybe this week. People have some <laughs> complaints. I, I mean, I'm still having fun with it. I think that was this one of the slowest weeks. I mean, this wasn't on the level, of course, of the ridiculous three, four, five, six week. Like yeah. four weeks in a row have before like the best weeks of Australian Survivor, let alone like that much Survivor. Like that, it was an incredible amount of content and all so stellar. So yeah, I mean, I feel like this was a bit of a come down and it's, it's again been more similar probably to All Stars and that's people's frustrations and probably why you didn't finish All Stars and that you have like this one clear threat. David and George are different. We'll talk through that from a physical standpoint. We'll just <laughs> point out the physical differences now. From, a, from a challenge George standpoint. is a golden god too. Come on, Chip. Yeah, exactly. But I think that's the frustration that people are having um, and not that it, I don't think it's been as good as like the past month of content, but I mean, I still think, you know, there's so much intrigue there. There's been a lot of really fun stuff. I still thought it was really hilarious. Like every time Simon has a confessional, it's gold. Um, so He's I'm great. still really enjoying it. Like, what are you thinking about what the season has been to this point? And like, particularly as we get now to what is getting to really be the pointy end of the season. Yeah. I, I thought it's been, phenomenal overall like absolutely great electric episode to episode edge of your seat tribal councils and such a far cry from a lot of uh the u.s tribal councils and um not to dunk on my own season but just <laughs> i think the the shot in the dark combined with a lot of the analogies like you know the the tribals were a lot of filler on 43 i think is fair to say and i know a lot of people were not fans of them and even being there you know, you have to be very careful with your words. So it's been such a fun kind of heel turn to watch JLP ask these very pointed questions and things get heated and electric. And it's been a phenomenal season. But I will say this this week, um, I'm not seeing the fan reaction as much just since I have the hashtag muted on Twitter. I don't mind spoiling myself. No, yeah. I do. I do mute the hashtag. I, so I have I, to I, mute it. Yeah, no, even you have to mute it. <laughs> you and Rob, like you, it feels like it's a wonderful experience that you're having. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it really living in ignorance until I watch. But um, yeah, I mean, I I think we'll, we'll I'm sure we'll talk more about structure of the game. But just uh, to have a non-elimination at the final six and uh, the edit seems to be getting even more unbalanced as we go on, and we're getting down now to this final six where some of the characters really aren't very developed and. It's kind of a shame because at the beginning, obviously, there were some huge standouts in a cast of 24. You're not going to be able to give equal airtime. But now that we're getting down to it, it's it's hard. I was like, I watching the, the most recent episode, I was trying to remember when the last time I saw Matt give a confessional and I, I couldn't recall. So um, it has its ups and downs in, in terms of just like structure and editing and whatnot. But overall, the gameplay has been next level. The characters are fun and they, it's just it's been a joy to watch. Yeah, I mean, well, we should talk about like the, the way that the game has gone to take out some of those like heavy hitters and probably make those editing choices a lot more stark. 
um, because a lot of the middle people got taken out, you know, like it, it yeah. felt maybe more even when like the disparity was always there, but like people were filling in that middle bit. And mm-hmm. I played a really fun edit game with Rob and Puyo on the check-in, which I do think showed that like the, the confessional charts aren't really showing the full impact. I think we're getting a lot from people on the map mm-hmm. at tribal in camp scenes. I think we're getting a lot of actual content and not just having it to be like narrated in confessionals, which we often get from Australian survivor in saying that it's obviously very uneven, but you look at this middle game, it's crazy. Like I usually say parabolic women, you know, women will get voted out early in this brute strength game of Australian survivor. Mm-hmm. Then in a long middle game, they'll come around and even it out towards the end game. And that hasn't really happened because Liz should be the last remaining person with Nina being voted out in a non-elimination twist, the last remaining woman. But Parabolic uh, newbies has been the major thing. (laughs) The stat, like for them to be, the newbies were eight, the first eight boots. Jackie gets back in the first eight boots. And then of the last 11 um, tribal councils, this includes non-elims, but obviously Haley was being targeted and Nina was targeted, nine of the vote outs to get to the what should have been a final five of a majority of newbies and wow. Simon and George of the last two returnees, which is in itself crazy. That is um, crazy. And then and then the villains as well. Um yeah. really, I mean they came into the merge four to eight. Eight. And mm-hmm. yeah, and obviously they were decimated across the pre-merge. And now, like, have obviously run things and they get to a point here where they should be three of the final five as well. So you look at that jury and you imagine if, if Nina had been on that jury, had she been voted to it, it's like Shawnee and all the heroes. It's all returnees. It's these, like, big players. I mean, mm-hmm. like, again, like, George leading it through to the end. Obviously, Simon, who's been the second major character, also there as well. But, like, Shawnee getting taken up. Haley, Sean was big. Like, it's mm-hmm. a big jury. It's Jordy. a big middle game. And, yeah, mm-hmm. well, yeah, and Jordy started it off to begin with. So that whole middle game has really been just like these Titan players falling, characters falling. And I do think that kind of blows out the way we consider um, the edit because a lot of the people who were, yeah, in that middle ground have gone. And now you're left with the people at the very top, <laughs> George and Simon, <laughs> and then like Matt and Jerry who have some of the least. So yeah, yeah, that's been fascinating to me because I really think, you know, we, we've talked about newbies and um, like hybrid seasons and how they often don't do well. But like, yeah. I think I've, I was miss. I wasn't really considering enough the longevity of Australian Survivor and how they might have that same kind of parabolic run to the exact same principles of this long middle game that they'll be able to survive through when like the big guns are getting taken out. Yeah, absolutely. And props to them for doing so. I mean, uh, I, I can't even imagine playing as long as they are. I mean, it's uh, watching episode 20, the most recent one, that was day 40, like two weeks longer than my season was. And um just thinking about how much they've had to go through and, and even watching Matt's confessional where he's breaking down a bit about Simon, you know, crapping on his game that that made me emotional <laughs> in a way and just kind of put mm. myself in those shoes and feeling, you know, how much you've invested into a game. But um, yeah, it is it is a shame that the edit, or at least from the confessional standpoint, isn't quite as balanced. And it's certainly been the George show as of late. But you made a very good point about you know, the the opportunities that you get much more in Australian Survivor with Tribal, with Matt Chats. Um, I remember originally seeing one of the earlier season or one of the charts earlier in this season where I was like, oh my God, Liz only has this many yeah. confessionals, but she felt like such a major character. And, um, you know, she has so many funny, like just bits and pieces around camp and, uh, and at rewards this most recent uh, week. And yeah, it's, it's been fun. And uh, I don't know, the, the newbies, I... I was bummed at first when I first heard that they were doing heroes versus villains, but then they were going to be doing um, half newbies, half returnees. And it wasn't even half and half, right? Wasn't it like 
It was 13 <laughs> like, and 11. 13 yeah. and 11, which... <laughs> Completely well, on why? purpose. Why? That's 100% yeah. what they intended. Everyone yeah, would sure. intend to do it like that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Gotta keep yeah. people on their toes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just even the idea of assigning, you know, hero heroic versus villainous traits to a new player, like, you know, some felt like a stretch. But um, I was worried that the the newbies would just get massacred. And it did they feel that did. way. They, they did. did. Yeah. They did. But I'm, I'm glad a few of them have stuck around. I think Liz would make for a very compelling winner. Um, I think she's been extremely impressive uh, and hilarious and funny and athletic and just uh been really fun to watch and um i can't though i i can't help but root obviously for george but also for simon just given our connection with how our are the arcs of our games have gotten have gone and uh i look forward to talking about him more as we get to it. yeah well we definitely will i mean in terms of the content when i played that game on the check-in with rob and puya liz of, of all people like they guessed that she had like 40s and the confessionals in the 40s and 50s and she had like i think 18 or 19 confessionals at the time but wow. i think it, it's because of that impact that i think we're getting from everyone and as much as people might be frustrated with you know jerry and matt and like <laughs> i mean i would think liz is in that group as well but liz has like her own fandom as much as people might be <laughs> frustrated by the, the game moves and, and like george being enabled here through this and it feeling a bit like the end of all stars i do think that they've all had really like important character moments like that confessional from matt you know it'll be one confessional on the chart but i think it was impactful like again it 100%. made you emotional i agree it was it was incredible to see like that raw real emotion from him and like how much it meant to him and i think that that is an incredible thing Liz has had so much. That's why it feels like more because she's funny in the challenges. We get, you know, people who are great on the mat. Like I think people have really, really utilized their time. So even if it's mm -hmm. less time, I think we're getting more from that. And I think that that's what we've seen, even if it is uneven. Um, yeah. So we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll probably get to the twist when we more talk about episode two. Definitely probably the most game breaking thing that they've <laughs> had in terms yeah. of the fact that it was after the votes, which we'll talk about. But something that's interesting, I think, is that there have been no idols. Um, now getting to like, you know, again, a, a second final six round, a second final five. But since Shawnee was voted out with hers at final nine, like this whole week, no idols yeah. since they were played at the final 10. Um, and that to me is like old school Australian survivor where we would see these end games happen. And idols, I guess, weren't either getting found or rehidden from like these, these like late game phases. And, and, and people might say that it makes it more boring. Like what if, you know, someone like Simon does have an idol, like obviously mm -hmm. that gives him more opportunity instead of just desperately begging. But I think there's a purity of that and seeing Simon get out of it in other ways is, has been fascinating. Um, and yeah. I think it's actually been, it's been quite, quite nice, like quite a, quite a clear run yeah. here where as much as people might be frustrated, what we're going to talk about here and what I love to do and what I felt as a contrast to us is we're going to talk about decisions for good and bad. And we can debate now, is it right? And it's so, it's just like a pure social strategy game. And, and I do really enjoy that. Yeah, God forbid we rely on politicking and relationships <laughs> and talking and strategizing instead yeah. of just madly running through the jungle looking for uh, a cookie idol. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, <laughs> Cucumber now. You, exactly. I think <laughs> Cucumber idol now. Exactly. Um, but yeah, Next no, season, I think there will be a Cucumber idol. You joke, but oh I bet God, they're going to do I, it as a, as a homage. I would love Simon. that. I mean, yeah. JLP seems like a pretty cheeky guy. I would, I, I think he'd get a kick out of that. Um, but the crazy and, thing about the cucumber idol, by the way, like two weeks ago on my recap with Mike, we made a joke that Simon would go into the sandwich bar and take out a pickle and think it was an idol. And then they no. made the exact same joke. And I was like, <laughs> was it just very obvious? Or do they have, do I like, do they have cameras into my house from the past? I like, yeah, just the fact that we would make the same cucumber idol joke. But yeah, no, no Amazing. idols unless they are cucumbers, which is, which is great. Yeah. 
Or maybe the pickling liquid gives it its power and it needs to develop on Ghost Island for a little bit. And who <laughs> yeah. knows what stage of the cucumber actually works. But I'm yeah, gonna... no, it's been it's it's been really cool to just watch these episodes play out. And, you know, there's hints of the idol search and Nina pretending to look for an idol, but actually looking for an idol. But um, it has been a nice uh, contrast. And I'm not saying it's better or worse than what's going on with New Era, modern, you know, a U.S. survivor, but um, just watching some of the way these early votes on 44 have played out where so much has been dictated by lost votes and advantages and um, elements that are way less within a player's control than just the relationships they have with the other players. Um, it's been, it's been fun to see it play out kind of in this parallel timeline for me. Um, and just thinking back to 43 and everything, but yeah, I'm excited to, to get into it and talk about all these decisions. Yeah, I mean, in saying that, obviously there was a non-limb that we we'll have to talk about, but like yeah, fair, other than fair that, enough. Yeah, other than that, the non-limbs, we will talk about the non-limb. But let's talk, let's talk about the first vote. You know, the fall of the queen, extremely upsetting. Mm. Um, Haley versus George, which I think has been given to us for a very long time, <laughs> that this was going to happen from the um, from the pre-game in terms of yeah, the marketing material, the advertising, and, yeah. Yeah, I wanted it to happen at a final too. I wanted them to go all the way because those are my two friends and I love them. But uh, <laughs> we we get it here, and I feel like let's kind of start from Haley's perspective, because like from your perspective, how does it catch up to her here? Like what were her options and where, where is she slipping up so that she goes home here? So first of all, I've been very impressed with Haley's game, just with how she's come in and survived this long to begin with, like just watching whenever Jericho and Shane came back and they got picked off immediately. It seemed like they had no chance and no one even entertained the thought of them making it because they've already won. They've already got their money. They already have the glory. Like it is our time now. Um, so for her to survive, even that first tribal, I, I messaged Taylor on Instagram. I was like, Oh my gosh, you broke the winner's curse. Like, I'm really excited for you just for doing that. And then now to see that she's made it through the pre-merge and, you know, deep into the game to the final seven. Um, I, I think she deserves all the credit in the world. And I think at least my, my opinion of this, it seems like she, I don't want to say she got antsy, but I think for a player as brilliant and strategically smart and who can run all these scenarios, I'm sure it was killing her to play such a quiet game and to have to hide, lay back. And she always kept describing how she's been playing from the shadows. And I thought so many of her moves have been very astute, trying what she did at the final 10 to get the idols played. Um, I thought these moves were brilliant in and of themselves, but it, it, it's a very stylistically different game than I think um, she maybe would have wanted to. And then um, as the game whittles down, as it starts getting to the pointy end, as, as we like to say, like I'm sure the, the paranoia, the antsiness, just the, 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 the scent of the money is coming so close to the foreground of your brain that you feel like you really do have to do something. And that's where your urge to do something just for the sake of doing something, the big moves might start creeping in. And um, it's a shame because, as you said, I think watching them duke it out at a final tribal for the second time, I think would have been pretty epic. But I think she knew that just given the way that the season had panned out, that George would certainly have the upper hand there. So I don't blame her for taking a swing, but then I was very confused when the votes got revealed and then she didn't even go along with the whole plan she had laid. And I, I thought it was worth a shot. Absolutely. But then um, I had to go back and, and rewind and I, I was scratching my head a little bit when I saw uh, the votes. get revealed. Yeah. So I asked her in the exit interview and she would, she said that, um, you know, she could tell that Nina wasn't with her. Mm -hmm. So that's why she kind of pulled the plug on that. Like for me, that's the issue. That right there is the issue. It's like, I admire the little move to try and get you to the point you want to be. 
which is taking out George, which for the record, we'll, we'll talk about the whole podcast. I think everyone should be doing pretty much. Like, yeah. I think there's a case for anyone to be doing it to different degrees because everyone's relationship to George is different. But taking the shot on George and having that really add to her resume, but still having social threats there or physical threats like Simon, social threats um, like Nina, I think there would be room to play. I don't know if she gets to the end, but I think that there's like a winning game starting to form and that was obviously mm-hmm. her intention. So when she's creating little moves to get to that point, kind of Natalie Anderson style, I'm into it. You know, I'm thinking you're amassing the army now. And then at seven, which is the number because he has two guys with him. So we've got to get a four against this three. This really feels like the crucial juncture. You've Mm -hmm. got to win. And I think the fact her Nina vote shows how restricted she was there. Like Nina Mm -hmm. was so not on board that she's reading it correctly to know not even to bother voting for George. So if you're going to, if you're going to make the moves, you have to and get to a point where you can win an all out war, which she didn't even come close to doing. And that for me is where the game falls apart. Um, you look at who I thought were swing votes here. She's definitely got Simon. And mm-hmm. then like George definitely has Matt and Jerry. So it becomes about Nina and Liz. And we'll talk about their perspective in that. But if they're with her, this is a win. And and I thought, I really thought that there, there might've been potential there, but they're not. And if you look at it socially, those are two people who try to blindside Haley, you know, in, in the yeah. mutiny to us, like both of them. Um, th- these are people who, you know, for, for Nina did not believe her information at the final 10 or was at mm-hmm. least persuaded by Sam not to, to believe it. Um, didn't have full trust there. Like they have, there's been such a huge social disconnect, let alone that it gets to the point where George is, is, you know, yelling at Nina about changing the vote. Haley's very much thrown Nina under the bus and she's spoken to the fact that she didn't consolidate well enough to be like Nina. If you, like she kind of says it on the show, but she's like, if you take the heat, you know, she says later, like now I have all the information. Now we could make this move. But I feel like it wasn't a move made with Nina. It felt like it was happening to her. She feels put off by that. She feels mm-hmm. put off by Haley. And whether it was the right move for her, which I don't think it was, we'll talk through her and Liz's perspective. But socially, I totally understand why Nina wouldn't make that move with Haley. So I feel that's it to me. I feel she didn't have the resources that, mm-hmm. you know, in going up against George, that George did. George spends an entire pre-merge accumulating resources person by person even have to sacrifice some of them and he's been able to utilize that now through the whole game he's brought back resources he's brought back lives like he's he's created new relationships someone like anina the whole game he's been like accumulating these resources Haley was starved of resources mm-hmm. so if you're going into a battle and she has you know no health points and he has all of them <laughs> she's probably gonna lose yeah, absolutely. It's it's like thinking like an RPG video game where, you know, George has all this armor and weaponry really? and cool, cool gear and everything. And then Haley's going in with like a bamboo stick and play my yeah, Jerry. Yeah, yeah let me play my Jerry. <laughs> a wild Jerry appeared yeah, yeah. with his nipple tattoo. <laughs> and, yeah. And Wait, no, Jerry's I, nipple tattoo? Yeah, Jerry's got this like tattoo around his nipple. Have you not noticed this? I've never looked at Jerry's nipple and now there's proof I mean, of that. I've and looked that at it way more good. than I have had wanted ever <laughs> wished to have. I noticed Wait, it the he most has recent a chest time. tattoo? And so yeah. does George? Is this a chest tattoo alive? No, it's you, like it's like a sun around right now. No, I literally, I literally wrote in my notes. Of him, right? I'm sorry to derail what is, was no, a really important strategic discussion. This is a very important I'm 100% tangent. going to find, so he, he, there's no, okay, we're good. I literally wrote on my notes, Jerry's nip tattoo. Oh my God, he has, he does, he has a nipple tattoo. Wow, I have never. I've been watching the show for 20 episodes. What is that? Like 23 probably hours of content. I watched episodes four times, Owen. I've watched 100 hours. Oh my gosh. And I've never noticed. What? I'm so sorry to do this to you. No, I mean, thank you for alerting me to it because I just feel like it was such a blind spot and that blind spot being Jerry's nipple. It is. Is it a sun? It looks like a sun. Maybe that's why you were blinded by it. 
I don't know what was going on. I don't. So I'm looking. It is. It's a sun around his nipple, and I've never won. Okay. So I'm. I, I'm. I don't have like good memory for <laughs> tattoos in general. But okay. I'm so sorry. We derailed the conversation. <laughs> what were we saying that was strategic and smart and not about nipple tattoos? <laughs> Oh my gosh! Um, what I was getting at, yeah. While Jerry appears, he has <laughs> while the armor. Jerry appears, he has yes, yeah. and yeah. <laughs> yeah. George has all the armor. Haley has nothing. It speaks to. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like dying laughing here. So going <laughs> going back to the strategy of it all, it speaks to the importance of social capital and the relationships you have yeah. built, and it makes me very very impressed with George. Just the fact that Liz seems to be so in with him now, despite him turning on Shawnee. Like I. I don't know. I wish maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention or didn't watch it four times like you have, but just the way she seems to have just folded right back in and he was able to smooth that over. It is confusing. Yeah. It seems a little abrupt and I know they had one conversation, but she seemed from what I recall a little more hesitant to it. But anyway, point being that Haley's ideas on paper did seem smart, like for players like Nina and for Liz. And I mean, you got to think everyone knows George is the odds on favorite and he's got the inside track and he's got this amazing resume. Um, but yeah, just watching the way the, the Nina, uh, I don't want to, I, I guess accusations went down when they got back from tribal and the way Haley let that just kind of play out and then trying to smooth things over with Nina. Clearly there was some sort of disconnect there and um, props to Haley for realizing Nina wasn't with her, but um, it's a shame she wasn't able to get on the same page. And I think that just speaks to George's social game. And I, I think it was when he was voting out for voting out Shawnee, he mentioned like as much as he loves tactics and strategy, uh, he picked up a lot about the social game from her. And I think it's showing here as uh, Haley was trying to mount something, but sadly it didn't work out for her. Yeah, it's interesting that you, you you call it that a social game because I totally agree with you. I think it's a phenomenal social game, and it's so interesting that um, people will say that George is not a social player because he comes across as this very like extreme person, which I totally understand. But this <laughs> is nothing if not a social game. He has not had an idol. He'd had one played on him, but he hasn't had his own idol and had that protection since episode seven. It's wow. all relationships. Every move that you can say, what have George's best moves been? Like other than like slicing and dicing in that episode seven tribal council, I'd say all of his best moves are bringing in Stevie, which is part mm-hmm. of that, bringing in Jerry, massive, massive move. Yeah. I mean, what, what I think people are calling and what I would agree that the move of, of the season for him, because it also helps get on Matt, which is so mm-hmm. important. And I think that that's his game, like to be able to get Jerry and the fact that the heroes, for me, that like looking at them all on the jury, the downfall is how did you not vote out Jerry? Like when he came <laughs> back and he called you out to your faces, like that's the losing move for me because they yeah. prioritize Ben and there's something really poetic about their misread of Ben being their demise because I think that Ben and his idol would have been an asset to them versus Jerry, who has been a really, really big part of their downfall. Like that's all in, and George, like he, he gets Jerry there even away from someone like Simon when Jerry comes over to the villains. Now he's like taking in Nina, the way he's come back with Liz. It's all social moves to get this majority. And it is something where Haley, who's such a phenomenal social player, she falls to that. Um, and I don't think that they're the same thing. I think George has had more opportunity. I think that, that definitely that's a big issue. Like I've said this the whole time that I really felt, and I said this to Haley on the exit, like her game was not the game. It, you're right. Not the game she would want to play. She was had the, mm-hmm. the, the, the game like starved from her from the very beginning. There were no resources to pick up it. You can be well liked. She can have relationships like she did with like flick or she, you know, Sean is using her, mm-hmm. but she can't really work with people on the bottom. They have no agency anyway. Like, just the, the the hero's tribe, I think, was a much more suffocating tribe, whereas, like, they could oh breathe and live on the villains, and George made the most of it. Um, so I just, I really don't think that, um, that yeah, that she had the the, the capital here that, you, that you're talking about. And I think that if you're going to be making those small moves, 
you have to get to a point where they're going to work. You know, you have to fracture Nina from George. I thought that was the point for me mm-hmm. of, of keeping Simon over Sean and maybe fracturing it. But she goes for that fracture. You know, instead she's spoken about Sean might, might have been an asset to George. Sean was someone George might have taken to the end. Sean was someone she couldn't beat in the end. I think all of these things are valid. But I also think it was a big, quite a big swing that the most easily blown up swing, probably other than telling about the 60K that she's done, certainly yeah. more verifiable than the move of the final 10. And there, there's a lot there. There's a lot of um, information that could come back on her, which I thought was okay. But then you have to get to a point where you're at war. You've gotten to this point and you can win. And still, even with trying to set up her army, there wasn't even remotely enough there against what George had accumulated so far. Yeah, not not much of an army at all. It was like a middle school JRTC unit or something. It was yeah. it was Simon. It was yeah. just Simon. I love yeah. I love him, but no, I mean, just not to. Make but Simon this... was on board. To be fair, which he really yeah, had he was Simon. he was yeah. he was so gung ho. He was so yeah. gung ho. Really had him, which is sweet. Very very yeah, sweet. Oh, he's very like King Slayer again. I just I oh, <laughs> I know, I know. Poor, oh, I I love him. I, I I can't wait. I hope I get to meet him one day. But um, I have had the opportunity to meet George in person. And another person on this podcast who has met George, give us your takes. Yes. Well, I think it's, it's fascinating because obviously he is just such this, this brilliant social strategist. Like he knows the game backwards and forwards. And he's just, I mean, just his background in politics, you can tell like he's very direct and just the way he approaches moves is very blunt in a way, but just his manner of speaking is also so disarming and, feels very personal if that makes sense like just the way he will look at you and speak to you and he's just so calm and he just has this air about him that i think is hypnotizing might be a little hyperbolic but i i I think there is something about him that is just insanely charming and he has this like level of personal connection that i think in the game would translate to the point where you would feel like George has your best interest at heart, even though you probably know in the back of your mind he is playing for his best interests. And I think he does a very good job of objectively and pragmatically laying things out so that you see you can have a shared mutual interest. And I think he's done a tremendous job with that with Simon. He's done that with Jerry. He's done that with a lot of players that he has crossed in some way, shape, or form and getting them back on his side. And um, I can't sing his praises enough. And actually, when... Uh, I did meet him in person. He did say, I, he said, I think this is going to be like an all-time season. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, like, we'll see. I, I don't doubt it. I'm excited for it. But it's uh, it's turned out to be true for sure. Yeah. Yeah. In hindsight, <laughs> must have gone well for George. I mean, like, if you knew he wasn't getting many back in that first episode. Yeah, like, he would yeah. have enjoyed that season no matter how good it was. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, George, obviously, not enough to be said about how good I think this is to the point where like when we're talking through everyone I feel like I've got issues with how everyone else is playing because Mm -hmm. it's all for George's interest and we'll talk about how much they're going to gain from that as well but for George definitely I mean he takes out Shawnee at nine and everyone's saying it's too early and the way that he has benefited from groups that are only connected to him like he's like the center of this web they can't work together we even see like later Nina and Matt can't work together he's again just like really really the social center um, in these disparate groups, and he's trying to even yeah. make that worse in that split. I mean, you know, just really turning everyone against each other. It's I think that very that's impressive. Amazing. Yeah, the Gabler of Australian Survivor. <laughs> Is that what Gabler was? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm half joking, but no, I mean, I remember at Final Tribal, one of Gabler's big moments was him talking about how at seven, he had multiple ways to get to five. At five, he had multiple ways to get to three. And just hearing the way George has laid out his final five or his his two final threes with Maddie and Jerry versus with uh, 
Liz and Nina, um, it, it did harken back to my season and not, not, they're obviously very different players, but um, I couldn't help but laugh when I kind of realized that uh, Gabler in his own way kind of pulled off the same kind of end game. Yeah. It's interesting with someone like Gabler who you think you, you know, people want to move forward with him because they thought they could beat him. And there's that part of that. And then with George, he it's, I really think would beat anyone at a final tribal council. And I, Absolutely. that remains to be like a true thought that I really, really, really have. But then for him, it's, do people want to move forward with him? Cause they think they could beat him at a final challenge. Um, mm-hmm. That's going to be mm-hmm. really the perspective that we talk about with him. Cause if people want to move forward with him and there's any strategic intentionality to that in their best interest, it better be for that reason. And even then I have my concerns. Um, but I think a lot of it is purely social. Like, clearly for Nina, Nina, mm-hmm. you know, felt like she could go to George more than Haley, um, even within that. And it wasn't a good strategic move for her. She got five votes next. Like, she yeah. was out the door. They voted not even knowing it was a non-alim. So that's my issue. If, if she even says, she's like, if George wants to get rid of me, he can. Then he does. But you've been emboldening him the entire time. And we'll talk about mm-hmm. if that's like a fear for some of the other players. Um, but that's my concern with it. Even for Liz. Like, I feel like for Liz, is it this long-term revenge arc? This Natalie Anderson style revenge arc, which which we can talk about. I mean, not the one I was envisioning. I think that as much as there might be plans there and there might be valid plans there and they're worth talking about, I think a lot of it is the crutch that she needs because Shawnee's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has been like, you know, really relying on Shawnee as like the sister, this mentor, this returnee. And now George is that person. George is like, what are we doing? You know, like, like you know, that, that help, um, I think is definitely there. And I don't think that it should be underestimated. So I think a lot of it is, very, very social. I did think it was very sweet how rattled he was that Haley was coming for him. You know, yeah. that was like the 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 real humanity coming <laughs> through from this like yeah. big game player. Yeah, it felt very authentic and like just oh my goodness. Like he he it, it shocked him in he's a way. Like, we and, talk every week. Yeah. You yeah. Know, he's a close personal friend of mine. Yeah, I can't even imagine that layer of it. It would be, you know, like just thinking if I were to get lucky enough to play again and the relationships I've built and seeing certain people out there and having to separate those two sides of a relationship and a friendship, that must be extremely complex. And, you know, you can say it's just a game all you want, but, you know, it's a life-changing amount of money and everyone loves the show so much that they obviously want the title and the win and adding the layer that Haley had won before, just all these things going into the the calculus there. But it felt it felt very human and real and interesting to watch him like vocalize that just because as i mentioned so much of his strategy talk and his approach to conversations is very pragmatic is very uh moves driven and shared interest driven just to have him have just that like oh shoot kind of moment was it 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 almost like peeled back the curtain a bit yeah and if he's finding out like the extent of that that his blind spot for Haley based on their friendship has been really dangerous for him like that would be a lot if he knows that that she, you know, almost took him out at the final 10. There's no reason for Nina not to out that. And now it's very believable. Um, even like taking out Sean over Simon, like that's a big deal for George. Like George, even JLP says, I think on the map the next time that George was surprised, which is very, very rare. Like I have some stats. He has not voted incorrectly since the Daney vote of Brains versus Brawl. Wow. Even then, obviously they had a majority and Kara just screwed up. That was day <laughs> yeah. 18 of Brains versus Brawn. It has been... 70 days of consecutive game time Holy and he smokes. has voted correctly um you know or in the correct group on the split whatever it is mm-hmm. he's in the no every time and while here i would still maintain that that's true because his he actually votes for sean like his little group wins out like his majority is mm-hmm. winning like still maintaining that power 
um, losing Sean over Simon as a target because someone, one person has gone rogue is easily the biggest blip he's had, again, in 70 days. That's of, almost of three U.S. Nine. seasons. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, it's, it is crazy how much he's maintained through that. There are amazing stats on his game. I think he now also has um, globally the record of most survived tribal councils. Wow. Um, you know, he's, he's never been saved by a non-alum as much as people might think that to be true. Um, I think 34 tribal councils. And I went through and I like counted myself and they're actually really hard to count because the brains versus brawn, like wiki chart is messed up because there was oh, no. so much going on. It's like, does that count? Like when he left with Phil, does that count? Mm-hmm. When like only Danny's voting the bait and vote, like should that count? When he goes as a visitor to vote for Simon, I didn't count that one, but I'm like, mm. there's a lot of like intricacies and asterisks on that chart. This one was a, a lot smoother, which I actually thought, really spoke to That's production really for this season. Also, quick yeah. sidebar, justice for Phil. Um, anyway, yeah. continue. <laughs> always, always, always. Um, but yeah, I mean, the stats are ridiculous. So that's why, like, to find that out from Haley, and 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 I think he would be mad at himself. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Haley's going to do what she's going to do. It's logical for her, and I think George, you know, game respects game, that that's what Haley should do. But for himself, he let this friendship come in where he really believed it and maybe saw past reading her logic and their, like, shared game values. And it almost mm-hmm. took him out at 10. And it did, it took away his agency a little bit at eight that he doesn't get the target that he wants. And so I think that that would be, yeah, really upsetting for him. And I, I thought it was interesting the entire time at camp, at tribal, the double speak of, mm-hmm. you know, like the trader will burn. <laughs> He's the trader and he's saying it to her face. Like he was reveling in that. that was, and I wonder too, part of me wonders how much of that has been like the, the, the marketing of it all the king and the queen and just like building up this this battle in his brain and just thinking about like oh this you know we could go head to head again and the repeat of the final tribal from brain brains versus brawn and um just like the the whole story arc of it all kind of overshadowing the minutia of each individual move i wonder if that may be created uh or added to the blind spot as well just the whole narrative uh you know, because it is such a delicious narrative. Just the prospect of them two making it to the end together and facing mm. off again would just make for like just such a, a wonderful arc of of two seasons together. You know, just for me, and I, I think Australian Survivor enjoys that. Just for me, thinking back to a reason why I fell in love with the this version so much is just watching Luke's two seasons. You know, and I thought it was a beautiful storyline between the two, and we've seen that in US with some folks as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think. I wonder if that just the whole idea of the the story becoming bigger than the game itself may have played at least a small factor. I mean, George loves a good narrative and he loves yeah, Haley, so I get it. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I understand how it happened, but it was the biggest hole in his game to date. And he plugged the the leak as to say, as to say her name is literally <laughs> Haley leak. So I mean, yeah, everyone yeah. made that joke. It was, it was Haley right was the leak. Yeah. yeah that's great. Yeah, the whole yeah. time. Leak leak. Um, yeah. So I think that, you know, he, he rebounds from that and, and, and he's, okay anyway well he was really in danger at the final 10 but he can then come back and rally through the numbers that he has so let's let's talk about those numbers because we've been teasing it the whole time and i would love to go through it kind of individually um especially for someone like nina Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Nina, you know, who's going who's gonna to get voted out at the end of the week, five votes, you know, and, and she is sent to isolation. But, you know, in action, she got voted out. And that's why I have such an issue with it. As much as I understand this socially, I feel like, there's a lot of, she's kind of like the anti-Simon. I feel like she is the anti-Simon where they're doing like a lot of great work and pulling things off, but I like disagree with their intention. Whereas like with Simon, I'm like, yes, you're on track. I agree with you, but you can't make anything happen. And so I feel like there's really a duality there where with Nina, socially, I get it. I, again, I see those gaps with Haley. I understand. I understand why she's put off with the fact that Haley's thrown mm-hmm. her under the bus and I put more of that on Haley. Haley puts it on herself, not consolidating, not working it through the plan enough of where this is going for their mutual interest. I get it. Um, but beyond beyond the, the socialness of that, they, they, they had to they, they, they had to be hit for her and, and for Liz. And we'll talk about whether it's even possible because they, they probably needed each other, maybe like a mat. Like the flip had to happen here at seven. Mm-hmm. There, there are three the guys. Numbers, yeah, yeah. If Matt's gonna, if Matt's gonna be with George, this is this is the four, and she really emboldened an entire power structure that she was so expendable to that they voted her out next. Or were happy for her to be a split that could have been sacrificed at any time. If Simon voted for her, it didn't matter. Like she was going home three, two, one. Like yeah. Liz and George flipping their vote to the five, one doesn't matter. They were always willing to put her at that risk. That showed how expendable she was. I think it's even worse seeing how it plays out to see how expendable she is to someone like Liz, but that felt like a really important connection. And then immediately mm-hmm. that doesn't play out. So yeah, I feel like if she had any agency here, if this was her power as a swing, I can't credit it because it leads, she makes a choice that will send her immediately out the door. Yeah. And I, I think it speaks to your point about George positioning himself to where he is the connecting point between everyone. And I think if there was just one other degree of connection that Nina could have talked to or Haley could have spoken to or something, or even in this most recent one, just it seems like they're playing a game of telephone with the, these plans and that just the call is just getting dropped. And it's not necessarily for anyone's fault, but it's just like these relationships have become so fractured to the point where they just aren't believing certain people or they aren't speaking to certain people or they can't be seen with certain people and not to bring everything back to George, but just the way he's made himself the nexus of all of this is extremely impressive to me. And just that it's so close to coming together. It's like all the pieces of the puzzle are there. It's just like they're missing the the one connection that would like solve the mystery and just unravel everything. And um, it's, it's interesting to watch for sure. And, and just, as someone who's played, obviously, it's just like frustrating to see how close these things are getting. And then it's just like, no, just have one extra conversation and the truth will be revealed and you'll see it. But they just they can never get the right combination of people together. Um, and it's it's hard. And I do feel for Nina. I mean, 
I was very excited to see her come back. I think she obviously had such a just an unlucky exit um, in her in her first season in Blood versus Water, just with the ankle and everything. And I thought I, I was very impressed with how she ingratiated herself the first time. You know, her her strength and challenges was apparent. Her social game was great, and to be the only American, I, I'm sure that was a challenge in its own way. And to be you know one of I don't know. I don't know the exact number, but one of like what three probably people of color on that season or something. And yeah, I think um, it was six and five this time. Okay, yeah, and I mean that presents a challenge in of itself. And um, yeah, it's just it's it's been. I don't. I hesitate to say disappointing because you know we obviously haven't seen the whole story that's unfolded, and she's made it to the final six. Wait, sorry, seven. I think seven. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, last time seven, I think. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Mm. More, more than I'm giving Australia credit for, but oh, you know. that's very sad. Very, very <laughs> yeah. sad. Yeah. yeah. So to navigate not only being the only American, but one of only a tiny handful of people of color on both of her seasons, I, I think she's very much impressed me. And I, I hesitate to say this has been disappointing with how her game has played out this time, but just watching her get so close on a couple things, and just this most recently with Haley's plan, just not being able to pull it off has just been. It's been a bit of a bummer and it's <laughs> it almost like there was a moment when I was watching um, the first episode this week where I, I was reminded of, of Sandra just looking at Russell and just saying, I'm against you, Russell. Like it felt like Nina was just very much like, I'm against you, Haley. You know, you threw me under the bus. That's it. And she couldn't see the forest for the trees and maybe got a little too hung up on the uh, on the, the, the ramifications of the previous vote and her just getting chewed out, which I do not blame her for at all like that was hard to watch for me just watching her um desperately just saying it wasn't me it wasn't me it wasn't me and i think even even when george had his little gotcha moment where nina said like i was the second vote and george is like i was the second vote i think nina my assumption is that she was trying to say she was the second vote for that mm. person that was read not the second mm. overall vote and it became this semantic argument but anyway um i don't blame her whatsoever for feeling very burned by that but um it's been just like so close and yet so far a couple times here. Yeah, I feel like coming back to camp at night and blowing things up is Sandra-esque, like that chaos mm -hmm. and that sense of like self-preservation and like, you know, anyone but me. But then again, like it was not anyone but me because if you take out George, then you're surviving the next round. So maybe we see like a little bit of the issue in terms of anyone but me. Sometimes it should be specifically that person who's creating a mm -hmm. power structure I'm at the bottom of. Um, but I do think that there was that like, you know, there's been that kind of Sandra level chaos. We've talked about the stats around like them not receiving votes, record making for both of them across the franchises, that longevity. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, again, a lot of that is good, but for the wrong purpose. I think a lot of the things she's actually doing in action here are great. Like, I think Matt even says, well done, Nina, when Haley goes. He mm -hmm. gives her that credit because yeah. she's had to act really well. Like they all went to the, you know, Jacuzzi Alliance Spa and made this plan and pulled it off. Like in action, it's really, really good in intent we have the issue with it but i think as well when you talk about her game and, and whether it's been disappointing or not i think a lot of it is the heroes like I, <laughs> I, the, same, the same thing for Haley, but i really believe this to be true um like i think the way that the heroes were cast was so homogenous and there was such a mm -hmm. strong obvious sense like we talked about in the preseason about the way that these values would go and some people benefited from it even nina benefited from it she's in that group compared mm -hmm. to Haley, who's like really suffocated by the group but in but in saying that it's such a like predictable play style. It's so yeah. binary. It's so clear against the chaos of the villains who've been a lot more adaptable, who've been able to like 
work their way through, pull people over, really, really have some creative gameplay. And for Nina, like the one time that was going to happen, it was a mutiny, not a limb. And that might've actually cut something up where like if 90% of the time the heroes are going to go one type away, she might've actually tried to really get to the 10%, cut something up, whether it goes well, I don't know, but we're playing a very different game. And that was taken from her. And she has to come back and be part of this hero's majority who just got outplayed and who just didn't have Mm -hmm. that creativity. And at that point they're on the back foot because it's just been like this kind of immovable mass that's just like inching forward to catch <laughs> the villains that are like dancing all around it. Yeah, and so I think that that's probably been an issue of, of you know, all of the heroes games, other than the ones that flip like Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> and all it took for Jerry to flip was for people to tell him to his face he was expendable. That's all. And also like, split on him multiple votes multiple times. You know, yeah. we talked about it at the time. It wasn't just one split vote. It was like five every <laughs> single time. Why just, would Jerry uh, leave? Doesn't make poor Jerry. Old, yeah. old culture. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, in, yeah, and even then, like their games, they're still being brought in by George. Like none mm-hmm. of the heroes, despite winning all those challenges and having a real numerical advantage, like yeah, the, I guess like the the skill level in the villains. Well, that that also feels unfair when we're talking about like Haley and Nina. But I think just the difference in kind of a value system. Mm-hmm. One thing coming up against the other, like give me the room to play, and the villains have like maximized that, especially led by George. But it's interesting as well when you talk about the the four kind of coming together here and how that could be an intent um, and like a logical intent and, you know, survivors not chess and there's all these like social reasons that's not happening. Like Simon has been great for George mm-hmm. <laughs> because Simon, I think like <laughs> that, that divide between Simon and Liz is continues to be underrated. Like for this group to come together, it's Haley, Nina and Liz. We've already spoken about it. No trust that there's been a major issue. They're connected only through George and Simon who Liz <laughs> hates outwardly despises so unamused by him this most recent episode oh my goodness and all the episodes she's like fighting (laughs) with him and she like they're the people that need to come together against George it's not even just the groups are disparate they like hate each other Mm -hmm. I think that's and like Simon's been a big part of that and I think that that has really motivated the group like with a common enemy or at least like not to go with these other factions that's been like a great thing for George Mm -hmm. absolutely and uh, Simon's case has also helped with just how dominant he's been in physical challenges as well just you know you can always talk about the immunity threat the immunity threat and that can put blinders on because no matter how physical a player or not you are like just that desire to win and have that safety and move forward another round and have a shot at winning a challenge is so seductive in its own way and just George being able to just position everyone in such a way is is just I, I don't, my God, this is just turning into just me just like being in awe of George this whole time. But I just, That's for me, just the, yeah. loving it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one, but especially just with how lackluster my personal game went and like just the oh, lack of control okay. I had. Well, like, not everyone's George. I mean, not everyone's George. Aren't. No, most people are not. But just, yeah. the, it's, it's really very impressive. But yeah, it's just, like I said, it's just that missed game of telephone and just, the numbers are there. It's just the the numbers just don't want to play together, and I don't I don't blame them. I mean, it's been a long time. They've been out there over a month. Like these feelings are very very real, very visceral, and uh, I don't I don't blame them. But it's just been uh, a lot of missed windows. And now that we're getting down to it, the numbers are just so tight. Um, but to your point earlier about people keeping George around, maybe because they think they can beat him at the final immunity challenge, I think there is probably something to that. Um, because I don't know if we've directly, and you you would know better than me, but I can't recall anyone directly saying like they would want a final two with George. Well, they've said a final three. Point. They've said final three exactly. But we don't even we don't know if it's a final three or a final two. I don't know that they know. Oh, we don't know. Oh, I don't. Okay. I don't think I know. Do you know? Like, no, do they I don't know. know. 
Like I was, no. talking, I was trying to work it out from days, but the days I think could go either way. They said there's going to be a tribal council tomorrow. I think that'll be day 42. Mm-hmm. And then we'd need either, um, so then we need five, four, three, so either three or two more eliminations, which we could get. Because mm, there's what, four episodes four left? Four episodes Yeah, there left. are four episodes. So there even needs to be another non-elim, in which case, don't put it into the universe. Please, or it's the final God, two. no. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I, and I don't know if they know. And I think that them knowing is important because how can you like really, you know, talk about their Ran intentionality if they don't know? Like then they have to plan for both. And I think that it's important that they do if they don't know. Interesting. Okay. I didn't realize there was that ambiguity to it. Um, that's on I me. I mean, it but- is for me. I don't know if, if it is for them. I haven't, I feel like I haven't heard anything concrete either way. Mm. Um, and I don't, I don't know what they know, especially because it's always been final twos until last season was the final three. So I feel like it's, it's a, it's a oh, final two franchise. Yeah. Oh, that's, last yeah. Final three. So I feel like that really changes everything for me. That does. Um, I was actually talking to to Khan about this and Khan was saying how he always felt like it's a final two franchise, but it was a final three so that two loved ones couldn't go to the end in blood versus water. Mm. And I was like, oh, well, I would like that because I wanted to be like, I want us to be a final two franchise. I think it's a million times more interesting, Mm -hmm. difficult. Um, But I've always had, I've really always thought, I don't know why I've always thought this. I don't know if I've had insider knowledge that I've forgotten about, but I've always assumed that they've wanted it to be a final three. I thought they wanted that in all stars. I thought they wanted that in brains versus brawn. Like I like, and, and injuries came into play and we've had it. We've had a many back and Angelie did then get voted out. So maybe that's what speaks to it. I don't know. And maybe they thought that that was something they couldn't even begin to do with blood versus water, even with Nina's injury because of um, the, the loved ones component. But I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, I think that, yeah, I, I don't know that they know about that. Interesting. Okay. Well, then that just takes my whole argument out the window. But anyway, that I guess that. Well, it's just, relevant just, because you, yeah. like, there's always going to be a pure round to take him out at least one. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, that was kind of how I felt about Jesse out there. I mean, I yeah. knew Jesse was running circles around everyone, but I knew I could beat him in fire. I knew I could beat him in probably any challenge we had. Um, so I'm, I'm sure that is in people's minds that they know George is not the, the most threatening challenge performer. So that's what I was getting at. But that is that is a whole fascinating well, sidebar. Relevant. Yeah, no, I, I think that's I think that's really, really important. And it's different for every person. Mm-hmm. Um, which I want to talk about because I feel like where you went with it with, with Jesse and feeling like, okay, well, I can really make this work at four with, mm-hmm. you know, fewer chances for George than Jesse would have. He literally just has to lose a challenge. And I think anyone would like, happily bet on it and it would be a fine bet. Um, he did, you know, he was very good in his um, final immunity challenge, almost five hours, but mm-hmm. they could still back very themselves impressive. in that. And I think that that would be okay. But I think it's different for me for someone like Matt and Jerry compared to someone like Liz and definitely mm-hmm. Nina who goes home in the next round, you know? And, and I, and I do want to talk about, cause I think that's the big question of like, cause, cause that's, that's really what it's been. It's been why take out George. If you can know, you can beat him at a final challenge mm-hmm. and you can just take him out then. And, yeah. and here's why I would say like, to put it for someone like Liz, who I think is really crucial to this and probably sits in the middle of like Nina and Matt and Jerry for me, like, you know, where there's probably an argument to it, but I'm against it. Here's why. Firstly, the agency. And that Nina just suffered for when Nina's like, if George wants to take me out, he will. And he does. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's giving like, I think if there's like an agency pie. When George is in, you have very, very, very little of it. That's yeah. my concern. For Liz, I, I wonder if that's, again, the intention. I think it's a good intention. I think it, it's an OK intention. I mean, it's definitely what she should want. <laughs> she, she said she'd get revenge for Shawnee. So it's not that she shouldn't be going to the end with George. But even if she does. I think she's relying to me on more kind of passive things working out for her or having to, mm. to make things happen 
rather than I think what I think would be strong active choices here. Because to talk about the final seven for Liz, as we talked about it for Sunina, and we can, you know, again, go, go through all these choices. But for Liz, if she takes out George here, I feel like there are strong options. I feel like Nina's still a massive jury threat, you mm-hmm. know, with, with the heroes on the all jury. All the heroes, yeah. Yeah, I think Simon is a huge target that people just want to take out. Massive mm-hmm. physical threat. I think she's got options. Like, can she go through then um, and take it? Yeah, she's taken out George Haley. The Haley's a huge threat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you wanted to, especially if Haley's made that move, she's like a next target. Can you go and pick up Matt and Jerry? For me, that's a strong pathway that's in your hands. And I know that as a commentator, I probably get flack for the fact that I want people to kind of take the game into their own hands and maybe sitting back and letting things happen to you is, is, you know, more viable than I give it credit for. But I really like to see when people put in the work to kind of shape their own fate. And I kind of feel like for where Liz is, if her option is taking out Nina here at, you know, at five, firstly, Haley at seven, Nina, then to get to a five, well, she thought the five was going to be Matt. I know it happened in Tribal Council, but Matt, Jerry, George, and Simon. So you're thinking Simon's going to go at five. Mm-hmm. And then you're with the guys. I don't know that the guys are turning on George there. They've said yeah. they're in a final three with him. They might, I think Liz needs to win that immunity and maybe she will. But again, you're putting a lot in a must yep. win immunity challenge um, and not just George losing, like you having to win. You're putting yeah. a lot in having to swing what have been very loyal players in, in especially Jerry. And Matt, now there's been this twist and we can talk about that. But in terms of her intention in that, I just think she's relying on a lot where I would rather she stepped out into making stronger choices for her own game. If that makes yes, sense. Uh, it 100% makes sense. And just another quick sidebar, like I'm just so impressed by you and just you, the way you can just like no, see every no. single path. No, no, no I, I mean, no. No, it disagrees I, with me. I think like, on, I mean, no, the listening is, no. is contentious, I feel. No, I, I disagree. I think just the way you are able to like put yourselves in the shoes of everyone and take the information you've received from watching is extremely Thank impressive because just no. having played myself You're already on the podcast, you don't have to. no, no, but I'm serious. Cause I feel like such, like I, I still feel imposter syndrome when I'm on a podcast talking about survivor and just hearing Dang. you say like, Oh, and good point. Or like, you're right. I was like, yes, yes. No, I'm not, oh, and I've never survivor and I would be first boots. Why no, doing no, that? but there's the thing, like, even though I've played, I struggled so much with like, seeing anyone's game but my own because the game is so self-absorbing like you you are in survival mode that i wish i thought of a better word but like you really are so focused on yourself and get advancing yourself it's i think the really elite players are the ones that are able to kind of see the whole board kind of pan out and see everyone else's possible moves and understanding it like kind of from the chess analogy and i think that's where i struggled a lot and so for liz i i agree with you completely that she is leaving a lot out of her own hands and um i don't know that's whether if she's just got tunnel vision or she feels complacent she feels like she's a literal olympian and can rely on her challenge abilities whatever it might be um i i completely agree with you that just there's so many variables left to chance and just the whimsy of other players that can be really really hard to predict but perhaps she feels like she has him where he wants him and she'll be kept around but that is uh something very scary to have to kind of release your own agency in that way. But um, yeah. yeah, it's uh it's, it's a shame. Cause I, I think, I, I don't know. I, I would, I was standing Liz and I still am. I love Liz. I think she's fantastic TV. I think she's been a great yeah. character and player, but um, yeah, it's hard to watch someone just like, oh, I don't want to say give their game away, but to just like let someone hold their fate in their hands like that. Um, it's, it's a lot. And I, I can, I can empathize with it too. Yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoy Liz as a character. And I, I think she had like also like a great 
um, pre-merge. Like, I think she and Shawnee were really running the villains more than we even saw because there was, mm-hmm. like, a Geordie connection that was missed until some of the exits. Yes. Um, you know, she makes the most of, like, a swap situation. There's stuff there, but, like, obviously, then the flick, the <laughs> flick read, the flick, like, the wheels oh, start to fall off. Yeah. And Shawnee gets voted out. And I feel like, you know, for Shawnee, so she's saying that she, she's going to get revenge. And everyone's like, yes. Like, we're waiting for this, like, <laughs> revenge arc for Shawnee, which, like, you know, even as a George fan, we're like, yes, let's, let's get it done. That yeah. sounds really entertaining. And I don't feel like this is the revenge arc that we were promised. Like, even if she's going to get to the end and, and, and win, like, the relevant challenge or whatever. I mean, I, I guess it's different for me. If she's having these conversations with Matt and Jerry to be like, we're all taking out George at, like, a four, right? Um, and then at a three, like, again, relying on a challenge or she thinks it'll be a final three. Whatever. Like, as long as she's having, like, the end game conversations with Matt and Jerry, which speaks to an intentionality of, like, if George loses, which he mm-hmm. almost definitely will, we'll take him out. That's an intentionality that I can back. I mean, it's something you'd mm-hmm. really have to drive home in a final tribal council because the jurors were probably really frustrated that George has been left into this point. But if you can be like, <laughs> especially winning the challenge, as we saw with Gabler, you know, really being the person to take out George, like if you can try and like really, again, plan for these things, I think it's a valid pathway. I don't believe she's having these conversations with Matt and Jerry. It's certainly not anything we've seen. Doesn't yeah. mean it's not happening. It really we feels like more maybe. Yeah. I mean, you'd really, and I re- it really just seems like the dynamic is. George in the middle. If anything, the conversations Matt has been having have now been with like Simon and Nina. Like Liz isn't yeah. even entertained. And, and when Matt's like crying about it, like he's not talking about, but like, don't worry, I've got future plans. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going along with George. We all are. So I think that's actually <laughs> what's happening out there. And I think it's actually been, I don't know, but it seemed like the most clear narrative we've had that's going to be as true to reality, I guess. I mean, the players might be shaking their head, but definitely compared to some other seasons of Australian Survivor. So I think that's what's tough is that. I don't feel like she's putting these plans in motion. I feel like she's passively going on with a route that could work and that does have a viable thing, but it's less in her hands. And even as a challenge competitor, she is an Olympian, but it's a very, very tough physical field with Matt, with Jerry. She just got beaten in an endurance challenge by Matt and Jerry and Simon. (laughs) So it's very, very tough. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know that that's better compared to what I think could be stronger moves for her here to like, really take the game on like that and that's and i know that i'm biased because that's like always the type of gameplay i like to see but i'm like you could make a move here and Mm -hmm. and it could be a strong one and you could still have runway then with other big threats to to shield you absolutely and and this doesn't even necessarily need like massive shields you know she's not shawnee right so i don't know right no i i agree it's oh man it's just thinking about that potential pathway is just like salivating in a way just to watch her. Like, like you said, the Natalie Anderson comparison, but um, I'm, I'm, I still have hope for her. I still think she could make some noise here as we get down the stretch, but just seven is such a tempting point. And that's why I was Mm. so glad that, um, that the do or die got eliminated in us survivor, like taking away the final seven vote there, I thought was a quite a choice, but um, that's where I also not to bring everything back to my season, but just thinking about mine and maybe perhaps why the reception for 43 is, it has been, you know, a little more lukewarm, you know, a lot of our votes were these kind of landslide majority, not as schemey and multiple layers, like Sammy going out at the final seven in a six, one or a six, zero, you know, that is not, the most like insane gameplay that you could see on survivor. So yeah, some, some missed windows there, but um, no, Liz has been great. And kind of, kind of just to move to Maddie and talk about him for a second. Um, I do, I respect, well, I guess he didn't end up going through with it, but just, it was nice to see his wheels turning this most mm. recent episode. And I already mentioned the confessional where he broke down and how that affected me in a way, but just seeing 
him I don't want to know if it was I don't I don't know if it was a realization necessarily, but just him vocalizing for the first time that we had seen just the way that he's now exploring these other options and making a move. Cause now that we're getting down to it with seven, like like you said, like there is runway still left to work with. It's not like you would immediately jump out as being the number one threat and your head gets chopped off next. There could be some room to play. So I was I was disappointed that uh the Nina vote went the way it did, but I, I am glad that Nina's still in the game. But um Perhaps this was a, a little teaser that people might be starting to wake up and want to kind of take the the steering wheel here. Yeah, I mean it's it's been forty days, friends. Like in terms of waking up, what <laughs> might is it? Well, We've been more than forty-one ever. days. Yeah, I, I think you know the person who was going to take the shot at George was Shawnee. Shawnee mm-hmm. was doing this at eight. Shawnee wanted to do it at eight, and and that's why, like, if this is Liz's pathway, it makes less sense to me. Liz was going to do it with Shawnee at eight. Like the the agreement wasn't to get like, oh yeah, no, of course. Like we're Liz and Shawnee, we're gonna take someone else like a Jerry, or we'll work within George's power structures, and then we're all gonna like vote him out of the last immunity challenge. Like if Shawnee didn't want to do that, she saw the necessity of agency. She saw maybe that that endgame would be blocked up by George's loyalties. She didn't want to do it. And I do think that this is the pathway. This is that revenge arc. This is the, say this sliding door moment. George takes out Liz at nine, not Shawnee, which some people mm. were talking about. And then it, it all goes the same. same so, that, you know, the same at the final eight that Haley still makes that move and then comes back here and then has the fight with Nina. And then Shawnee wins the spy reward because the, mm-hmm. it, we're in this sliding doors moment because the spy reward is massive, as we see. Like, and sometimes it, does, it doesn't work out. Sometimes it, it's bad, massive. Like, you separate <laughs> yourself from the group, but it's overnight. There's a lot of power there. And to win that reward, I think, was huge. And I think Shawnee is saying, we need a girl's pamper sesh, you know, like we need to <laughs> shave our legs. And she's taking Haley and Nina, which is even something that Liz said before not taking Haley. She's taking Haley and Nina and she's saying, get it together. Stop <laughs> fighting. We're taking out George. We have Simon there. I don't care like who doesn't want to work with him. George is a threat. We have the, the girls here. We've got four people with Simon. That's the group. And I feel like Shawnee's 100% doing that because mm-hmm. Shawnee is wanting to make those big, strong choices. That's why they took her out. And maybe that's, you know, like why you don't do it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like they come for it, but at the at the end of the day, if you can get in first and make that move, it, it's on the way to a winning game. And I think that's like kind of the alpha way that Shawnee was playing, and yeah. Liz being left in is not what's done that. And 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 yes, she's on a stronger, longer path with George in terms of like having that safety, having that crutch. Yes, taking out George makes the game very unstable and very fluid because he has been the connector, but. Yeah, for me, I would love to have, I just want that strength. And, and maybe that speaks to me as a commentator. Maybe that's just my bias of what I enjoy seeing people do. I like when people don't make the game come to them. I like when they take the game on. Mm-hmm. And I think that I would just prefer that. You pick up Matt and Jerry. Like you and Nina, like you've been this pair. Like you go forward with that. You, you take out George and then Haley. You make, you know, you work through. And is it, is it scary? Yes. But like, I think it's a really strong winning game and you're, you have just more active agency in that. Which Definitely. Is not the way that Liz is wanting to go about it. I mean, she sacrifices Nina in the next episode. Like yeah. she's not just emboldening George. She's emboldening George's whole group. Those three guys. Like she, yeah. if it's like, yeah, I'm going to be with Nina. And then like, I'll have that person. Like, and then Nina's a threat in her own right. But to leave in George's group and what should have been a majority yeah. three of five for me, it just takes away the control that she could possibly have. Yeah. So much for the champagne Alliance. Yeah, immediately. The jacuzzi alliance. Champagne was happy. They were drinking champagne in the jacuzzi. Yeah. Yeah. One thing about the jacuzzi that I want to point out, because I watched it four times. 
They're like shaving and stuff. And George's is covered in blood. I don't know if anyone, because while I haven't seen Jerry's nipple clearly, I did notice that George's <laughs> chest just had like blood running down. Oh, no. Yeah, and I was like, I, no one is talking about it or even referring to this in any way. Yeah, at first I was—I didn't realize it was a jacuzzi. I thought it was just a giant bathtub and they were just like taking a bath and just all scrubbing off. And I was like, they couldn't shell out for three tubs like they did in uh, Survivor <laughs> China and have the little little personal bathtubs. But no, that, that was the bathtub I, alliance. The bathtub alliance, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe it would have worked better than the jacuzzi alliance, which, which yeah, lasted which, not not even not the, the one vote, just that twenty four hours. Yeah. yeah, literally. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So I mean, for Nina in in this, she's painted as a swing vote, and I just wanted to talk about this because. I was like, oh no, Haley's getting voted out <laughs> because um, there weren't numbers here. Like for her, for the swing vote that Nina's presenting to us um, necessitated the plan Haley thinks is happening for this three-two split vote, mm-hmm. which was not happening. So definitely, you're going to have three votes on Haley, Jerry, Liz, and George, and then Matt is voting for Liz. So it's it's a three-three-one. Like you could try and pull Matt on a revote, but I just feel like that's a lot. I just felt that if Nina was actually considering this in any way, which Haley clearly read that she wasn't, um, you would say, Haley, that's not going to work because actually you're the target. I'm with you, but we need other numbers to make this happen. Like you would out it and try to get Matt then, you know, you would do things mm-hmm. at camp rather than just like being a non-numerical swing vote. Um, so I thought that was kind of left out of the edit and was a bit of smoke and mirrors. And I think that's, yeah, that speaks to the fact that those numbers weren't there. That I don't know that Matt is doing that. I mean, he doesn't do it next time, which we can yeah. talk about, but Liz isn't doing it. Yeah, no, no numbers if it does not work. No, that my my notes for that that vote, Haley's vote out were uh kind of in shambles, honestly, just because there was a lot of smoke and mirrors and uh, the the fake plans and the split and then the fake split. And then it, it was a lot to keep track of. And I can't even imagine what it was like out there trying to keep tabs on everything. And like we've talked about all the fractured relationships, but I think really one of the only shots they maybe would have been able to figure out is like you said, if Nina had made Haley aware that she was part of the split and then somehow telling Matt that he was being left out of what mm. was going on. But um because you can see that kind of perturbs him a little bit in this next episode this week, the second episode, the final six, where he's like, they didn't trust me enough to include me on that vote. And then he ends up just haplessly voting for Liz, um, you know, to stick with the plan, uh, apparently. But yeah, that that could have been a shot to at least get him involved in it. But no, the the math of it has been uh, quite, quite frankly confusing for me, just trying to wrap my head around it. But yeah, I'm probably not going to sound super smart on this part of the podcast, but. No, no. I mean, I'm, the, well, the big thing is that they do choose to leave Matt out. Like, what, what did you yeah. think of this? Because I thought all of this was quite interesting. Firstly, the fact that I guess I didn't pick up on enough that Matt had had a couple of days, even when we recapped last week, to be like, Haley told us about the 60K and he doesn't. He never mm-hmm. does. And mm-hmm. that really, you know, triggers George into this red it flag, does. which I was wondering what, what was happening with that. And then when I watched like Haley's Jury Villa, she says like, oh, she'd be interested in seeing like Matt win. Yeah, he hasn't done that a surprised lot. me. Yeah, I think there's a relationship there. And then there's a secret scene where they come back from this tribal council. And Matt does say that he would have been all on board um, with taking out Haley. So as much mm-hmm. as George is reading a, re- a red flag there, um, it does seem like he was being like maybe overly cautious in that read and that Matt, he had Matt on lock. He's got them all on lock. <laughs> there's a lot of paranoia for things that he actually is like doing really well with. Um, but I wonder if like even Jerry backs up George and says like they didn't trust him. I wonder if that, that, that was the relationship that Haley had with Matt. 
and that there was like that, that was the concern was the was was the social aspect. Sorry, Owen's cat just tried to join the podcast and walked right up to the camera, which I love, by the way. Welcome Jumped on Owen's the cat computer. To the podcast. Yes, Milo, thank you for the appearance, oh, buddy. Milo loves being a podcaster. That's he adorable. is He's a big fan. Um, but no, I I think yeah, leaving Matt out of that vote felt yeah very personal in a way. You know, George, you know the the whole mm. uh, set for life reward. It almost he. To me, it, it read that George was just just straight up just pissed that Matt didn't tell him that Haley had leaked this information. And I think that kind of confounded things to the point where objectively you're leaving the door open for Matt to then be perturbed that he was left out of the vote. And I, I, I think the chain of events um, unfolded. I, I mean, it ended up working out for George because Matt ended up sticking with the plan to vote out Nina. But it seemed a little short-sighted to... Uh, exclude him from a plan to take out you know Haley who I guess Matt ostensibly from what we had seen from the edit did not have a huge working relationship with and obviously she's a big threat and uh, she's won before like there's all these reasons to want to take her out so to leave him out of that seemed um, unnecessary but as you pointed out from the, the jury villa I was I was a little surprised when Haley said that she was rooting for Matt so maybe there was more that George knew that that we aren't privy to well, he did read it wrong because Matt tells us in confessional in the secret scene like that it would have been fine. So even if there mm-hmm. is a social relationship there that George is worried about, and even if the set for life thing is very strange, and I'd love to hear from Matt why he didn't tell George. Like, does mm-hmm. he feel that that's kind of beyond the game? It's like a money thing that's kind of outside of the game, or is it that he just doesn't want to burn Haley because he has a you know a close personal friendship just with her individually, even if he's more loyal to George. I mean, I see why that was a red flag, but I do think it was a bit dangerous to leave out Matt because I feel that Mm -hmm. Matt and Jerry are so crucial to George. Like, I feel like those three are the thing that they're the people we've heard will take him to a final three, um, which is, you know, maybe not the win, but maybe it is. We don't know if it's the final three. So that that could be everything. And if he was really going to get to the final five here um, before the the non-alim with those three, like if it's the final three, that seems like a winning game to me other than like some really unfortunate community yeah. wins from some very good challenge competitors but i thought that that was dangerous but then he brings it back and i i think it, it, we'll have to talk through in the next vote like how much is matt on the outs um yeah. and how much has he been pushed away because i think that he and jerry remain really crucial to george but before we get to that vote i would love to talk about simon a little bit yes your your fellow charlie brown who in this <laughs> episode has such a great immunity win that i'm irritated Ugh. How much I love the challenges in this season. This is my favorite season of challenges. It's made me a total challenge fan. I'm into it. All the strategies. Yeah, all it ever needed was, I don't know, cool sign language tactics, yeah. talking across the aisle, really interesting challenge throwing, you know, Landing dynamics. George and Jackie on their head, you know. Oh, no, not this, that one. That was almost, after that, it's been all, all smooth sailing. Not, not the one that almost That rolling people. cube was a disaster. Anyone could have looked at that and realized that's a terrible idea. Oh, my God. I know. Since then, they really got it together. But that rolling cube was easily the worst challenge. Oh my god! Probably the worst, the worst production decision that's been made in the. I still season. get nervous when I see Haley in the intro package doing her little her yeah. slow mo shot, flipping over. I'm still like, don't hurt yourself. And you know she's okay. Yeah, and I know so, she's okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and even then, you're like, but this time will she be okay? I mean, I loved this immunity win from Simon to mm-hmm. go up against Me Matt too. and Liz, who are teaming up despite the fact yeah. that Matt will then vote for what Liz. <laughs> Funny to me. Yeah, what did you think of this? I mean, you're someone who. You like challenges because you're good at them. So for me, <laughs> I like strategy and challenges because that's my vibe. But what do you think about the fact that they like, and it, it's not a new thing. They let George help Way. They let Chrissy help Josh in the puzzle last time. So this is something mm-hmm. we're seeing now every season. 
Um, is it something that you like? Because it seems to be a contentious issue either way. I don't know if I like it, but I, I do think it makes things interesting. Um, I remember Adam helping Ken at one yeah. point in Millennials Gen X. Like it's not unheard of, but to me, this instance of it felt different. You know, it's not like you're peeking over at someone's puzzle and be like, hey, I think that one goes over there. Like you're literally doing half the challenge for them. Like that, I think, was a little OP in terms of like the ability for one of your allies to help you. Like, because like theoretically, they could have had five people doing a bucket brigade for, <laughs> for if they wanted to. Like, I guess that could have worked. But no, I mean, for Simon, like, I, I have just loved watching him. And I just remember in his first season, I, I enjoyed watching him, but you know, I was, I was definitely uh, like enjoyed watching his downfall as well with the two idols in his pocket and watching that all play out. But watching him come back and be on this, just like, again, the Charlie Brown arc that I just lived through in the past year and got to rewatch mm. this fall. Like I can't not root for him. Like he is just so like, just, pure in a way like it and i don't think Haley meant this as condescendingly as maybe some people took it but just like the puppy dog energy from simon is very strong like he just seems very eager and like he's just like you know bright-eyed bushy-tailed and even though he's getting just kicked around in the game he seems like he's just so happy to be there and then learning what a real fan he is and then learning just like how hard he took his last uh his loss and just the way he went out last time it's just um you know, it's very relatable, very rootable. And so watching this challenge, I got mad when I saw that Liz started helping Matt. I was just like, what the hell? Like, that's, that's <laughs> not right. Like, come on. Like, and especially from, I don't know. No, I don't think it was like completely out of bounds or below the belt. But just like, especially considering she's an Olympian, I just thought that she wouldn't <laughs> do that. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, just like thinking back to when I won immunity, when I knew my name had been floated out, um, when Janine went home on my season. Just the just ha I, I messaged Simon after, but just like knowing how good that must have felt, like it, I, I almost cried. Like honestly, I almost cried just because like he's just so purely, uh, just pure joy exudes from him, and he's he's just so. Um, oh God, I my vocabulary is dying today, but it's just pure and honest and real. And I just appreciate that so much. And so, yeah, the challenge for me was so fun to watch. All these challenges have been phenomenal. Like whenever one of my friends asks me about Australian Survivor, I'm just like, yeah, well, it's like double the time and they just beat the crap out of each other in challenges. <laughs> like They're just so physical, so tough. And it's just, it's been really fun to watch. But Simon's arc for me has just been... Um, I don't know. I, I really liked the way he was talking about it. And I, I don't know if this is like the realization in the moment or the edit helping out, but just him describing it as a strategy or him wanting to lean into it more, mm. I, I think is interesting for me to see just because on, on my season, you know, people talked about that I was self-aware and I knew things were going poorly, which is true. But I think, you know, part of the reason I got zero votes at Final Tribal was just like the, the way I pitched it. Um, and I talked about this with Rob in my interview postseason, but just like, I did not necessarily like, I wasn't as proud of it as maybe I could have swung it. And I try, I, I was like, yeah, man, things went bad and it was hard, but I made it here at the end. But like, I think Simon is seeing this path for himself to say at the end, if he makes it to final tribal, just the, how he like embraced his underdog role to a degree that I think could make for a very compelling narrative and that he embraced it and he owned it. And like, he knows he didn't play a quote unquote, like 
strategic masterful game or whatever but damn it he made it and he fought hard and like i i think that could be very compelling and hearing in Haley's jury villa that the jury loves him and is rooting for him i think that is very cool and when i heard that i was like what like where was this jury for me like come on like it it was a little like i i'm very happy for him and um i could talk about <laughs> i could talk happy. about I could talk about this all day. And yeah, I'm very happy that he got that jury. I hope he makes it. Like, I I just can't not root for the guy. And um, also, from what I've heard from everybody, is that he's just like a genuinely nice human being as well. So that that makes it all the easier to root for him. Yeah, I mean, so much there in terms of the challenge win. Like, it really made it sweet that they were ganging up. We had something similar mm-hmm. in the last Survivor South Africa season. Everyone ganged up on one player, and they still pulled it out, and mm-hmm. it was cathartic. And that's why I like this. You know, as as much as some people were really mad at this take that I would, um, you know, endorse, and I and I feel like it's it's definitely subjective. You know, what what you're looking to kind of enjoy from the challenges, like this really fair kind of individual physical metric or are we looking at it like the whole game is a social game you know if you have a majority there are ways that you should be able to wield things in challenges that allow it you know if you're all kind of carrying something you know like in the one where they all like hold something up that's heavy um you know the one that Liz won yeah that's then obviously in that one you, you're out of the game when you're out but this one the the metric is you know that it has to burn through the flame so as long as someone's fire is burning like I guess anyone can can do anything that's the way that I see it I see it as quite open mm. um and and the reason that I like it is because it's a risk you know when, when Chrissy helped Josh he apparently the jury hated that mm. I don't know if I don't remember if that was on screen or if it was in a deep dive or if I heard it after but apparently that was something that was that they didn't like because it, it is a move you know, it's a big public move. You're showing mm-hmm. what where your priorities are. It's not subtle in the slightest. It can definitely put people off. It's clearly something that people can be angry about. So that's the first part about it as a, as a risk reward choice. And then the other part is that, you know, because a lot of a lot of people are saying, you know, isn't it individual immunity? Like it is. Yeah, that's the whole point. Like even if you all work together, you don't all get immunity. Imagine mm. if if you know, if if you help someone and then it turns and they vote you out and then you're like the biggest idiot ever. And I know there's yeah. specific dynamics, but the whole point is that you give up your shot at immunity. You're, you're actually giving up something. And I know yeah. it doesn't seem as much from Liz because she seemed to be out of it, but she, she possibly outed intentions that, that made sense for what was happening mm-hmm. because then with Simon winning, she becomes a split for a target. So it, it made sense in, in the ruse actually, but mm-hmm. you're making a public statement about what you want to put forward. It's not subtle. And you're giving up a shot at immunity. So for me, there's a risk reward choice in that. We're like, yes, you might gain something, which is keeping immunity out of someone else's hands, but then you also lose these other things. Yeah. It's a ticket to entry. Absolutely. Like you, there is a price to pay to, uh, to do that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's wildly unfair, but just as I was watching it unfold, yeah. I, w- I was like, oh my God. But um, well, it made it great. It no, made it, it made great it so much. It was oh so good. It was, it, was, it was an all time challenge win. Absolutely. And I, I, I kind of buried the lead when I was talking about it before. But um, the word that I was I was struggling to remember earlier, earnest is, is the word I would yes. use with Simon for sure. Like, I don't know, like at first when, when he won the, the individual uh, challenge at the at the tribal where um, that George's big tribal a yeah, few yeah. weeks ago, where, when, you know, he fell to his knees and he was crying. Like at first I was like, oh, is this like a little over the top? But then I, it's, you know, as I've gotten to know him better, you through watching, he's always over the top. He, he's always that's over the top like, and that's who yeah. he is. And yeah, I, I love great. it. I love it. I want him on my screen. I'd, and I'd love for his arc to, uh, to be completed and for him to, to kick the football in, in a way that I could not. And uh, yeah, I'm rooting for Simon big time. It's, he's been yeah. a joy to watch for sure. Well, he has, you know, really not been kicking the football, but we do hear from the jury that they're into it. And I mm-hmm. kind of feel like we've compared, like last week with Zach, we compared Simon more to the Gabler and that the jury might just be like, 
<laughs> you know, like imagine, imagine. Could you believe Gable it? Yeah. Simon with, I feel like I see you more as like a Nina. Like, mm. yes, being like a little bit strategically out and having to struggle against this majority faction, but the clear underdog with what should have been like allies on the jury. And I do think that that would be a really good spot for Nina, but I see you more like that. I see maybe Simon more um, in the Gable spot just in terms mm. of like that perception. I mean, it's not a one-to-one. But no, I, I, I think other than the Charlie Brown, I don't think you to Simon is necessarily a one-to-one either. No, definitely not. I, I will take any comparison I can get towards Simon. I think it's a huge compliment to me <laughs> to think that my my game is anything like his. But um, no, it's, uh, and that's the beauty of it. I mean, just all these complex personalities and just the way these games have unfolded and the juries and everything being different. Like that's why Survivor can be so good. And we can talk about it like from halfway across the world for hours, just because like, it's that fascinating, even though this is what for between the U S and Australia and South Africa, probably like we're, we're pushing what 60 seasons or something like that, that we've watched. Like, I, I think that is just the beauty of all of this is just how unique everyone is and how things can be structurally similar or personality wise, a little bit similar, but all these variables that go into play just make for such compelling TV. And yeah, I, it's, it's been, it's been really cool. And just, yeah, seeing this back to back play out in almost like these alternate universes has been fun for me personally. Yeah. I mean, for, for Simon through this whole week, I feel like ups and downs, we'll talk about him calling everyone pawns, but oh my God, <laughs> so many, so many things. Firstly, the funniest moment of the entire week for me, my brother and I were talking about it. We were crying with laughter when this, when the, when the George vote comes out of the urn at the Haley, the Haley, vote, <laughs> the second vote and George isn't like, Oh, who voted for me or whatever. He's just like, <laughs> Poor Simon. Oh, Simon. Like, seeing his own name, he's like, poor Simon voted wrong for me. And he's so, so confident <laughs> that it's going to be fine and everyone else is going to do what they were meant to, which they literally do. Mm-hmm. And he's so unfazed that Simon has voted for him again alone while saying Kingslayer. Simon, yeah. <laughs> don't say Kingslayer anymore. How can you still be so confident in it? He voted alone. <laughs> like, oh my God. Because so, Haley reads it, Nina's not into it. And Simon's like, Kingslayer, which is hilarious. <laughs> he was so I'm, excited. All of he was that. so oh, excited. That was, that was the funniest moment of the whole week for me. Like I was just dying at the fact that George would be like, that oh, I'm really, really thinking good. about Simon in this moment. Poor Simon, he voted for me. I thought that was great. I mean, his plight, I think it continues to these extremes. He pours out the rights. Mm-hmm. Which, oh my gosh. Yeah. We didn't even talk about that. What, no what one talked the, about it. No one seemed to really care. Like, really? Even, what, I do think that like, they were like, oh, this is a small breakfast, but like, <laughs> I feel like there were no tantrums really being had. And I, I mean, oh, oh, of I, the players. Yeah. I, I was curious if, yeah. if the fans or if, if people had any strong opinions of that being like too dirty or like against uh, Australian I mean, values or anything like that. Probably on forums I'm not in, but like, yeah. as he said, I can't go any lower. Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, he's at peak bottomness and he's peak trying bottom. to get like, he's trying to get like any win here. Yeah. Um, and he does win the him. challenge. He does in this very chappy style, you know, start the competition. To be fair, <laughs> half the tribe are on a spa reward. So yeah, they're, they're the reward. I'm really going to eat more than everyone else except for the three. Meanwhile, all these like people with the whole spread. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't, I, I admire that he's trying, like trying I and do. failing, of course, but trying and that's what the jury said the jury feel as we do which is great (laughs) yeah no i completely agree and i mean it speaks to our or his point about the pawns and he said it straight to everyone's face in the second episode this week it's just like he's i'm trying i'm doing what i can and yeah i can't can't fault the guy um but going back to the spa reward and speaking of uh funniest moments of the week for me it was realizing that you can say foreskin on australian national television (laughs) 7 30 7 30 prime time slot 
Liz Matt is saying yes, I'm sure. Skirt. I'm sure Married at First Sight is being much more. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't watch maps, but I assume that it's a little bit more M rated. I don't know. Who knows? But yeah, that that got me pretty good with George yeah. and his uh, buff mini skirt. That was, that was and great. then he was just bleeding. But there, there was, I mean, there was a lot of good stuff there. I thought I thought the rice was funny because you didn't even get like the Jatia reaction. They were just like, no. I don't. I feel like they didn't even know. Did they know it was even him? I don't. No, even, I, I feel like I didn't get a good sense of their reaction to it. I was just like, hmm, this bag feels light. <laughs> like it was. Yeah. Really, he couldn't even. He couldn't even get the uh, the reaction he wanted out of that. But hey, he won the challenge. So yeah, and but, exactly. Maybe maybe if. Matt had had that rice, his fire would have burned yeah. higher, or he would have it, got things done quicker. It did Maybe. It not work. It did not, yeah. And that's the best assignment to hope for right now. It did kind of remind me a little bit of when like, he burns George's hat, and then George is like, I don't really <laughs> care about that hat. Like, it was just like, please, can someone please be affected <laughs> by, by Simon? Which I guess someone like they are, me. you know, yeah. when, he, when he calls them pawns. I mean, I, I do like that he's talking about it from a narrative perspective, because he can't go in it with a resume perspective. That resume mm-hmm. is bleak. He's mm-hmm. not getting hired. Um, there's no work experience there. He's got like massive gaps where they're like, what were you doing? And he was like, I was unemployed for those couple of years. It's a bad <laughs> resume. But as a narrative, as a story, the fact that he's leaning into that, yeah, it's the best story ever told. Mm-hmm. It's the it's truly one of the best stories ever told in global survivor history and maybe in television history. Simon <laughs> and his plight and the cookie and George and all of that, like make it into a book. I will read it. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's good that he's thinking. I mean, I think like the fact that he was like, it's been my strategy to be, to fail this high. Well, that was a reach. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I hope he doesn't say that because to try and like ascribe any agency to that, I feel like any juror would say, I mean, maybe not if they like them, which is something that you can probably, you know, talk about in terms of who, who you were up against. But any juror should say, Simon, no, this was not yeah. a strategy. <laughs> it was happening to you, but it's a great story. And if he wants to go on story, his story would beat anyone because it's phenomenal. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And it's, it, it did crack me up when he's like, I can say this is my strategy. Like, I hope it wasn't. Like, I hope you didn't come in with this scheme to just totally <laughs> boof you, everything. You it's like, it's like phase one, get on George's bad side. Phase two, <laughs> fail it every part of the next 41 days. Phase three, burn yeah, George's pro- hat and he doesn't yeah. care at all. And then like phase five, four, five, and six missing. Phase seven, profit. <laughs> yeah. exactly. I don't know how we're going to get there. Tons but. of question marks, but then yeah. end up winning. Yeah, 100%. no, but... um. Yeah, that I and I think that was part of my like kind of decision calculus and trying to like pitch my arc. And honestly, I wish I had seen um, Taylor's season of Big Brother before I had played. And like, if there was an alternate universe where I had seen that play out, maybe I could have altered what I had said. And do and please, anyone like I don't think I there was any universe where I was going to win, but I think I could have pitched it in a in a more interesting and better way. But yeah, Simon's Simon's got a fun fun arc, and uh, I remember someone calling it and earlier in the season like simon's no good terrible very bad day or whatever it just <laughs> it has just 41 gotten days. 41 <laughs> days like yeah and just i i saw one of the questions on twitter was just like comparing my experience to his and i just all the respect in the world to him because again he's been doing this two weeks longer than i have and i mean people saw i like lost my cool with james what three weeks before where simon's at now like just the fact that he's been able to hold it together and um it still has a relatively positive attitude about it all, I think is very, very commendable and uh, speaks to his character just as, as a human being as well. So, yeah. Well, I thought he had a good second episode here. I was, I was really into it. I mean, I will say the fact that he and George should have been the last two returnees in a final five that they're still here together. 
through, you know, I after say all that, stuff, but I think that there's, yeah, I think the stuff that, Cy, for, that we can credit for Simon that he's had, obviously I mean, immunity wins and, and circumstances and George is obviously dominating. And the fact that it would be the two of them, it is, it is so perfect that I hate to say this because Twitter will jump on it, but it feels scripted. It's not, <laughs> it's not scripted, but it feels like it could be because it's narratively perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, I would love to talk about this, this second episode for Simon. Cause I liked it. I think, mm-hmm. I mean, I know, okay. He's putting everyone off by calling them pawns and they're like really mad about it, but something gets through to Matt enough that mm-hmm. he cries. And there's something there <laughs> making someone cry. Like that's impact. You know, that happens. Um, I think that, I think that there's stuff there for him. I think he gets in with Matt and I don't know if Matt tells him to vote for Nina or if he just reads it. He literally says to Nina, they're going to split on the two of us. Mm-hmm. And then he votes for Nina because that's what you do in this. They're, they're splitting. And she obviously has a lot more to trust because she's like in this group that he's not, he's just like a lone wolf, but he outreads her or he has a connection where Mm-hmm. he's been told the Nina name. Like, again, even if, if George and Liz don't flip their votes to tribal out of like the fear and paranoia, um, he still three, two, ones Nina out of the game. Yeah. So he was sticking around in this episode. He was never going home. And I think that you can say that as well. Like, yes, does it seem really circumstantial that he sticks around over Sean? True. But like Haley sees value in them. These are things that he's doing that I think are important to talk about and that are relevant. Yeah, no, definitely. And as as much as we can say his the futility of his game or the Charlie Brownness or whatever, but he is making moves and he is positioning himself in such a way and building relationships and doing the best that he can given and and I always try to avoid saying that given the cards he was dealt, because obviously certain events he has he chosen to partake cards, in. Yeah, yeah, he picked a lot of those <laughs> cards. But yeah, you know, he's he's looking at the board and realizing he can work something. Um something I did write down from the second episode, just like his approach to calling everyone a pawn was maybe a, a bit ham-fisted. Um, and right intention, maybe, wrong delivery. And that is exactly. the, the, the way of the last several weeks of his game. Probably. Definitely, definitely. But as you mentioned, it did get through a bit, but it, it reminded me of, on my season, um, Gabler kind of planting the seed with Jesse and with Cassidy that they were viewed as the number twos in their respective duos and that they needed to get uh, Cody and Carla out if they ever stood a chance of winning. So I think there were obviously, <laughs> obviously much better ways that he could have approached it and talked with Matt about, you know, obviously George's dominance. Half our half our conversation tonight has been about George and just how he's playing, and I'm sure they can see it as well. But um, no, I think I think Simon his reads at Tribal were were very good, and to me, my guess based on just what i saw was it seemed like he did kind of get some whispers into matt and matt maybe you know it, to me it, it my guess is the way the conversation went is that simon like somehow confirmed it was nina getting dumped on and that matt just was able to nod or non-verbally confirm um was my guess as to how that went down but he's he's now you know insulated or, or you know he was he didn't have to show his cards too much. And I am curious to see how this isolation or purgatory or, or whatever they named this, this twist plays out. But if he's able to somehow ingratiate himself with the four people who are left at camp and um, try to make it seem like he's gotten on side or, or, or whatever, but um, still got a long road ahead. But I, I thought he played this round pretty well, even though it's a little clunky at times with delivery. Yeah. I mean, he survives, you know, and what should have been to a final five and then it's a non-a-limb. Mm-hmm. That could be two rounds of immunity challenges that he's a 
phenomenal competitor of, even though he mm-hmm. says he's not great at endurance. Like he, he does okay in that last endurance and challenge that we have. He's got an enormous power of will that we've clearly seen. Um, yeah. So there, there always becomes options there. I mean, the jury are, are enjoying it. The jurors that are there, I kind of still would worry for him mm-hmm. because of the jurors that would then get on the bench from now. I mean, Haley, as close as she is to Simon, has you know she said on Talking Tribal in the exit with Khan that she's like very much a, like a logical juror about who she thinks has played the best game. That's how she mm-hmm. you know assesses games as a juror. That's how she thinks she would. Um, and then everyone else now, like all the people playing with him now, who would become jurors if he had to sit at like a a final two or a final three, they hate that guy. Right? Like, they think they're sending him to the jury <laughs> in this episode, yeah. and he's telling them you know, you're all pawns. And then Jerry's like, it's in the eye of the beholder, but the beholder is the jury, which they're thinking will be Simon. They do not care about how they're speaking to him or anything while sending him to what they think will be the jury benches. Like they really, and like, and I kind of feel like that would be, again, when you flip it around, if they were to go to the jury and he would have been in the finals, if he like wins out or something, I feel like they would not be into it as much as like the, as much as the the first half of the jury might be. And maybe like there'll be enough kind of votes there. It wouldn't be, I don't think a clean sweep. Liz would never vote for him in a hundred million years. Yeah, I was going to say, George, yeah, George absolutely well. not. Could sit there. Jerry, like a, a lot of these people seem like incredibly off Simon. And some of that might be, again, like he's socially calling them pawns. They're so mad about it. He's kind of making a lot of sense. But anyway, um, <laughs> they're really mad about it. But And like that's on him socially. But like then back to him socially to what they think will be a juror is just crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. The jury management piece with Simon, they're just totally ignoring <laughs> that. Care. I guess they're just fed up at this point. Yeah, they really, really are. Um, yeah. So like, like, let's talk about this plan from George. So he's going to split the votes in this like razor thin split vote. Yeah. I, I originally thought it was a little cute, but now I'm kind of seeing the sense of it. because You obviously have to split in case Simon has an idol. You're not going to go five mm-hmm. one. So he splits on Nina. But then he can't have Nina think because I was like, why do you really have to drive both sides against each other? Can't you just do like the two two and then uh, well, really, what would be a, a three, two, one? Because um, mm-hmm. Nina's with with you, um, but then Nina's not going to think it's a five one. So now Nina thinks it's a four one one, mm-hmm. and that Jerry would go if Simon plays an idol. So you do need both sides that he's like juggling to think that they're his primary side, and you don't have another minority member. So you would have to, yeah, both sides need to think there's a split, which they do. Um, so I, I actually do understand it, and mm-hmm. I really always you know like from george that he's like thinking ahead that he's like obviously thinking beyond idols maybe putting a bit of risk on again on a split that people could come over the top but hoping for that loyalty when there's always the risk of an idol when you know simon knows he's on the bottom i just feel that he's screwed over by the twist so maybe we should talk about the twist because i feel like this this is fine if someone goes home (laughs) yes the thing is like if, if simon goes home as intended yes there are these fractured groups but like he, the way of his way of fractioning the groups has worked. Jerry okay. is saying in the voting confessional, like Nina, you're coming against me. Like he actually is turning people against each other. And I think if they're all at camp together and Simon's gone, he can like try and maintain that. It's difficult, but like he backs himself, and I do too. And if Nina ends up going, which they switch their votes again, Simon could have always done that. Nina was always that extreme risk there that she could have been three two one out of the game. Then. She's not there to say, oh, George told me to vote for you, Jerry. Mm-hmm. And now she's with Jerry to have those conversations. So for me, it's really the twist that is really a problem here, possibly for George. But I think the plan, no matter how kind of dicey and razor thin it might have looked, it had merit. And I think it Absolutely. probably should have worked. 
No, it absolutely did. And this is where I had to kind of keep pausing the episode and make sure I had my math right and my names and my numbers and figure it all out. But yeah, the, the, it was going to be a 2-2-1-1, right? On yes. his original plan. Well, he, yeah, I, for him, it's a 2-2-1-1, but he can't mm-hmm. control what Simon's doing. So it could have always been a 3-2-1. Mm-hmm. Um, he thinks Simon might be voting for him. And then Nina thinks right. it's a 4-1-1. And then Matt and Jerry think that it's like, well, they don't know what the minority are doing, but they're thinking like a 2-2-2 or maybe a 3 mm-hmm. 3- three if they vote for each other or three two one if one decides to vote for the other so they but they know they've got their four votes locked up in like a, a two two so that's where, yeah. what everyone is thinking in that yeah and i'm sure george ran through the numbers of what like what we kind of saw get teased if, if simon and matt could figure it out and get nina on board to try to three two one george and yes. make that work but i think george knew he had positioned the board to the point where that combination of three was never going to actually pan out. And I think it speaks to what we've spoken about before, but just just the way he's made himself the connecting point. And I I think your point about the twist totally just messing, throwing a spanner in the works, as y'all say. Mm, Um, (laughs) Really, Very good. You're a natural Australian. Exactly. Yes, I won't attempt an accent just because I know you hate it when people do that. <laughs> no, but, people loved Omar's accent. I was people said I should have apologized publicly, and now I will. I'm sorry, Omar. Apparently, your accent is yeah. Right. His his didn't sound that bad. It wasn't that offensive. Yeah, everyone. Um, I will not. So many people messaged me to say like it was fine. <laughs> I will still not attempt. But yeah, okay. um, <laughs> but no. I mean, I think yeah, his ability to have done damage control there in these individual conversations. The fact now that Nina and Jerry are going to be all alone in their little timeout corner leaves so much room for George to like the the veil to finally get pulled back and for people to realize or maybe not realize but just finally be able to converse about the way he's been kind of pulling the strings and p- putting people against each other um i i just don't i don't love it and i'm curious if you have the data or if you know cuz the other non-eliminations we've seen this season have happened before the vote and I yeah. guess I see the merit in not telling them until after, because then that's the whole like point. But it's it feels incongruent or just weird that some of them have been before, some of them have been after. Like I, I get it, and I don't think there's any like malfeasance going on, but it is just like curious and a bit annoying that at such a pivotal vote with so many moving pieces that it just gets totally neutered by this this twist yeah it's very late as well um we usually extremely late yeah even Haley says please on xr and i would love to have seen the internet meltdown if she'd happened to get onto a predetermined non-elim at the final seven which is a very Mm -hmm. predictable spot for it and it does not happen um in terms of the uh yeah this twist the issue for me like is that it, it had to be it had to be told after the vote because it's kind of a minor twist, which I like. Like, mm-hmm. I'm trying not to break the game so much, but then by saying it after the votes are cast, that's probably the most game-breaking thing that we've had all season. But right. if you tell them before, it's not like two of you are going to go compete for a spot back in the game. Like, your life in the game isn't in danger. You'd still need to be voted out again. You can't play in immunity, which I think is probably the biggest thing, and you obviously can't mm-hmm. be in cap, but it's for a day. I mean, they went on the spa for one night. So I know it's in a minority, but it's not so damning like mm-hmm. if they had known about this it would have been so easily gamed and i know we thought they mm-hmm. could have gamed like when jerry went to um you know the villains and they could have thrown the challenge and stuff but i kind of feel like george would have been on it i mean it would have been a pretty easy split and then you just like that four just rides it out mm-hmm. um it would have been yeah there would have been a lot to do and in another world it was meant to be a split <laughs> so it would have been <laughs> really fine like this was so unfortunate that it happened particularly on a vote that firstly like george is trying to like 
yeah, really keep these groups at bay and against each other. And then it happens that, you know, out of the fear, he changes his vote so that Jerry should go because it really should have been Nina and Simon, which would have mm-hmm. been fine. They would have been like, yeah, you two are on the bottom. We, you would have known that when we split on you anyway. Um, right. And we're just going to like maintain that and you can't play an immunity. So like, we're totally fine. So in, in other worlds, I think that this has blown up the worst it possibly could. And I don't like that they did it after the vote, but I don't think this just works if you don't, because I just think exactly. like, people might volunteer. It's, it's like, it's yeah. very minor to me. You are not competing for a, ch- a chance to get back. You're not going to another tribe. Like they're going to a timeout. It's, it's yeah. mostly fine. You're, you're right. You're right. It's just, it still irks me that it's the final six and this is happening. I just don't. Yeah. Because I, I think that they that. try. Well, we got questions about this. Like, why don't why don't they do it earlier on so that people yeah. like it's not really down to like this crunch time. I think that they try to like really space them out. Mm-hmm. So they had like in week four, and now they're doing it week seven. I I don't know. I mean, I don't think there's like a poetry to it. But I think if they're thinking they're like, let's try and pepper it in so that people aren't as mad, <laughs> and then people are mad that it's late, which I think is like very fair. Like it's it's annoying that it's late. It's annoying that it was read. Um, you know, that was told after the votes were cast. It, that is the biggest game breaking things that we've seen but i just think like I, I admire that i feel like they've tried to be like as subtle with production as they could be for australian survivor this season mm-hmm. where you know we've had these like one-off like smaller oh you're just going to go to the, another tribe for a couple of days or you know or a mutiny even like before the votes like none of that is massive and this mm-hmm. as well like you're just going to go to timeout can we all just take a couple of days to do that like i i like that they've done that i like that they've been one-offs and i think that was my thing where i'm like this is mostly painless but it didn't necessitate because it was minor enough. It then necessitated like they, they shouldn't be able to game it so hard. So now we have yeah. to put it. So that that's hard. Um, yeah, I wonder I guess how it he, will play out. Yeah. Well, because I guess if he had told them before, it could have just turned into a total live tribal. It would have turned into a total live tribal. It could have been like, they would have just yeah, people might have volunteered. Yeah. Because yeah. if, you, if you have faith in your allies, someone like George might be like, I'm not going to win that challenge anyway. Me, I don't know yeah. if you want to like separate yourself as much, but it's not, again, it's like not a huge punishment. Like, yeah, sure. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll go there. I'll go to a different part of camp. Like, I just think that there's not enough there that then like it became a bigger twist by reading it then. But for George, I do wonder, I mean, I think that if anyone screwed over by this, it's him, even mm-hmm. though apparently social media were like, oh, they saved George again. They George saved got George zero again. votes. That's what people said. He's no, never I, once been saved by a non-alim and people were saying like, and George was responding to all of them and I was frustrated for him because I was like, he's never been saved. He got no votes. If anything, he's like completely screwed over here. Not even Simon voted for George. Not even Simon. Mm-hmm. And everyone did exactly what he wanted. And now, crazy. now like someone he was trying to, like a target, which has happened to many times. I mean, like to the twist, he's lost like Baden. Flick was kept in the game to win immunity to find an idol like flick being kept in the game was horrible for george's endgame last mm-hmm. time um clearly she always votes against george um and now he's like he his targets and like this really like finicky like raises in vote gets blown up here and everyone's staying in the game and i feel like like do you think that this is not a good spot for george like do you, do you think that he can recover from this i do think he can i mean i have i have all the faith in the world in him but i think the two people that are going and are going to be able to talk um, in Nina and Jerry, I think that is a tough combo for George. I mean, for them to be able to compare notes and Nina to realize that the Jacuzzi Alliance has obviously become defunct and that is not going to be a thing. And the bubbles I mean, have been turned off. 
Yes, exactly. Now it's just a weird warm bath full of leg hair and George's blood, right? Like it's just <laughs> not a really pleasant experience. I think a way to say that, yeah. Um, yeah. The, the two people that have made it this far will hopefully get a kick out of that. Um, but uh, yeah, people no. listen. And that's going on the out of context account regardless. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then I think Jerry is in kind of a vulnerable. I don't, I don't know about vulnerable, but like clearly what Simon was saying to him irked him in a way. And, you know, unfortunately we haven't seen a whole lot of Jerry's confessionals or hearing where he is coming from, but you know, it seemed like he was pretty bothered by being considered a pawn um, and, you know, maybe felt, I, I don't want to speak for him, but to me it's, it seemed like he felt that it was like an affront on his character as a man. And, you know, it, it, would probably get his wheels turning and then to see, you know, how things are shaking out. And, and I, I know obviously it was a five one for Nina and he's like ostensibly safe, but I don't know. I just, the paranoia, the solitude, I think could have more an effect than, than people might think, but I don't know. I might just be, be blowing hot air here, but I, I do think for George just to like have now to do the final six again, it just leaves so much more room for error. Yeah, I mean, it it would make a lot of sense. I feel like to just revolving door Nina out of the out of the mm-hmm. game, which we have seen happen often at these, you know, like mm-hmm. the final sevens where people get saved for one round and then they come back and it's like, well, that was awkward. We're gonna vote you out again. And I think Vanina, even even though she's not the target going into tribal council, they were willing to sacrifice her. There's more of a betrayal yeah. on Nina clearly than on Simon. So at this point, like, I don't know, Simon's a big physical threat, but it would make a lot of sense to just be like, oh, better take Nina out of the game now. And it's yeah. just about like. You know, because Matt and Jerry have been so important. And we can talk about like whether, you know, Matt was going to flip through this vote. But for Jerry, like, I kind of feel like it should be okay. Um, I I just feel, so what's Nina going to tell you? Are they told, you know, they told, George told me to vote for you. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, like Jerry should know that he was actually like never even meant to be in this position. He was never going to go home. It was meant to be, it got confusing because George and Liz unfortunately changed their vote, but there was meant to be like the split that can be explained and mm-hmm. he he really like he was gonna get what one vote and even then do you even believe nina that george told her to do it like he, he should know that he's in actually the power group in actuality and and shouldn't have really like it shouldn't it was never gonna go badly on him um and and at the end of the day for jerry and matt are they in this pathway that where they want to go to a final three with george or a final four and then cut him because he can't win a challenge or not like it should mm-hmm. is George playing everyone like yes he's George are you learning anything new like if there's the intentionality we've spoken to the pathway is and I think it's a valid pathway are you taking him out at the very end and if so keep going with it and do it it shouldn't matter like oh George was playing me like who cares are you gonna take him <laughs> out at the end like that's that's all it should be for me so it would be I think an emotional response to be like George was doing what and he told you this and maybe that will be true but I don't think it would be based on any like game logic because the pathway is set or it isn't. And yeah. I don't know if that's what Jerry is thinking. I don't know if the loyalty and the emotional loyalty is a much bigger part of that. And I kind of think it probably is. Yeah, but no, definitely. Yeah, that would that would be the thing that gets fractured is is any kind of emotional relationship that Nina could try and really access rather than, well, like you, you still have a game plan of how we're managing this relationship, hopefully. Like that's the optimal pathway for them. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, I think that's Nina's only play is to try to, hammer home trying to play off what Simon was saying about Jerry being a pawn and, and playing up, not even playing up, but just telling Jerry, like George told me to vote for you. He's willing to lose you. Like, what if I had an idol? He wasn't. Uh, like Jerry knows that. Yeah. I mean, that's so hard. Cause it wasn't meant to be a five one. Right. It was meant that's to be true. like a yeah. two, two, one, oh, one. Oh, you're like, right. 
Right. Yeah, but no, but yeah. The, but he might be confused about that. He's going to have yeah. a lot of questions of like, how did it become this 5-1? Because then he is, I guess, in danger. Mm-hmm. Then they make that choice that we're not splitting. And then, you know. It's true. Yeah, it's yeah. possible that an idol there, although, yeah, Nina, Nina should be in with it. But I wonder if, yeah, I wonder if, if, he'll, if he'll kind of see a, a sense of danger that's worse than it really was for Jerry. And then we'll feel mm-hmm. angry about being put in that position when it was kind of an accident. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some room. There's possible there's possibility for Nina, but yeah, no, I think ultimately it'll probably be fine for George and and for Jerry. But no, I think there was some point in the episode where um, Jerry just very matter of factly and bluntly is just like, "I'm loyal to George," or "I'd never vote for George." I for, I forget what scene it came up in. I didn't write down exactly, but it Jerry just, seems very loyal to me. Like that's the one that I think loyal. the least is probably thinking about yes. optimal pathways and mostly thinking about like I'm with George and mm-hmm. Matt. That's our three. No, I hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, because actually Haley told me in her exit that George does a really good job of like building Jerry up and being like, you really mm-hmm. did that blind side on Shawnee, like really good job. Mm-hmm. And that's why we even say when he's saying like, I'm not a porn, like all of them saying that is a bad read, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like, but that, and that's, if that's how they really feel, like the only person who's coming to us and saying, I believe it is Matt. And I actually credit that because he's like, Definitely. then he has a better sense of himself and what he maybe has to do, which he doesn't, which we'll talk about, <laughs> but like for, for Liz and for Jerry, especially to be like, we're not pawns. Like just saying it to a jury that don't believe you isn't going to be enough. Like you have to actually yeah. know your position, how you're perceived, hear it from someone who's meant to be a juror one day soon. <laughs> and then, um, you know, act do something about on, it. On change. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so pro- yeah, top props to Matt on that for at least considering the idea. Yeah. So, I mean, let's talk about that for Matt, I feel, because we've spoken about it a lot for Nina and Liz in terms of turning. I mean, I don't think that Jerry and Matt should be turning at seven. If anything, I think everyone should be turning against them because they're such a clear three trying to move through. But now I'm kind of wondering like for Matt and Jerry, for something like now, should they turn? And again, I see at least for them because I see their pathway the most in the same way that you had that pathway with Jesse. I think that they can read that. I feel like clearly we've seen who, who George just sacrificed. Like I think he's going to carry them through the most, even though they have been, some of those holes and he was like, Matt was left out of the Haley vote, but I feel like that, that is actually a trajectory that they could go down. Um, so like, where do you sit? Do you think that like, if he could, that Matt, cause I, I would love to talk about like why this doesn't come off between Matt and Nina, but do you think that Matt should be flipping against George at a final six or that he should take it further and cut him based on, you know, again, like a, a good physical record and hoping to just like win out there and take him out, you know, further down the line. I think for Matt, it makes less sense than it would for Jerry. Because I think in a Matt versus Jerry final two. I don't Matt, know. When, actually, yeah. Now, I as I'm yeah, saying I feel like that, it, that's, why, that's why I think turning. it's such a good pathway. Because I think they're yeah. so evenly matched that if it is a final two and their final three is with George, like one of them is going to win. Which is yeah. like a crazy thing to kind of say <laughs> based on the fact that maybe anyone else would beat both of them. But that's yeah. why I actually think that like there is more than anyone this merit to going with the numbers and the stability and hoping it's a final two and then winning on that. And I think that'd be like a 50, 50 shot maybe. Yeah. Well, and then I guess the argument could be made that then one of them could try to do it or at least take more control of what's going on so that they have more win equity at the end. But yeah, it seems like they've got a pretty cushy ride to the final three. And if they feel like they know they're taking each other and that it would, all it would take is to beat George at the final immunity challenge, if it is a final two, then 
yeah, maybe they'll just take take their chances and try to duke it out at final tribal. I don't know. Um, this whole kind of watching Australian Survivor and just uh, talking about it obviously has made me think about like what would have happened if my season was a final two or what I would have tried to figure out because I, I think I saw some post on Reddit. It's like, what would have happened in a Cassidy Owen final two? And I think the original poster, I don't know if I, I didn't really read it for very long because I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole. But mm, I think yeah. people are like, Owen maybe could have won. And I was like, oh, shoot, maybe I could have. I don't know. But I, I think. Well, that's I it. I mean, with hard. the final yeah. two, there's opportunity there. There's so much more opportunity, so much more room for things to happen. And if you are just going against each other, like there, there's a lot more of an equal shot there. So I don't know. Final six seems still feels it's, it's hard to say it's early in a 24 person season, but yeah, they, they seem to have a, a nice solid trio there. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, whatever it is, I just hope that the, the, the thought process is intentional. Like we have seen yes. that they even said to each other, like Matt, Jerry said to Matt, like you'll win that challenge and you'll take out George. And Matt was like, that's in a very long time from now. That's in months from now, <laughs> Jerry. But I, I like that conversation because I love seeing that intentionality. And we're seeing so little from these players that it feels hard to try and ascribe intentionality to them when we're not hearing it in their voice as much. And so that, that feels unfair, sad. but yeah, I would, I would like to know is it passively happening to them? Are they loyal to George? And then it just will be a final three. And then it's just <laughs> going to happen. Like, how could you not? Like, I mean, it's going to be a final two and, and they'll take him out at the challenge, but they would have lost if it was a final three and they don't know. Um, like, right. how much are they going down like a, a road that's been created for them that's actually a pretty good road versus how much they're like, this is a great road. We should do yeah. this. You know, at least knowing much, they're on a good road. And, yeah. and we don't know. We don't know how much they know. And that's another big part. We don't know how much they're talking about it. So, as I said for Liz, we don't know how much she's talking about it across the aisle to them, which is something I doubt. So I see the pathway for them the most out of anyone if it's a final two. In saying that, I do kind of always feel like you can take the shot at George. Like, again, as the person who's like, take the, you know, make the move, mm -hmm. you know, and then maintain it. Is it tough? Yes. But now, like, if, if Matt does that and he can claim credit for it, I mean, that's possibly a winning move. Like, that's that's maybe mm -hmm. the thing. And then And then maybe you still have these big physical targets that you, like, have to take out. And maybe you do it there. Um, and, and try and maintain from there. And I still think, I'm not going to say it wouldn't be a, a good, strong move to do. I think it's something that I would enjoy watching and that would elevate, I don't know, winner chances. Yeah, depending, yeah, And it's less passive in that way. No, absolutely it would. Absolutely it would. So then why doesn't it work out, do you think? Because we have Simon there who's always keen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you have Matt and Nina. And Nina should definitely do it because Nina, mm -hmm. Nina's about to be voted out. Like Nina needs to take the shot. She's not in as good with George. She's not reading that as well. The pathway is not great for her um, as, as definitely as much as it is for someone like Matt. And Matt, Matt doesn't even like take this to Jerry, which is crazy to me and maybe speaks to the fact that it, it was maybe not on. But I thought like, where did, where's this breakdown? Um, well, yeah, where do, who, who do you assign blame to if this like flip well, isn't so, happening, which it maybe should for Matt and definitely should for Nina. Yeah, the, so the episode it seems like they were trying to paint the reason as Nina saying mm. Jerry's name in front of Matt, um, which to me still feels like, why would that be such a big deal? So that, that was kind to of freak Matt out. I was it, also trying to really think like, did. what does Matt think? Like maybe Matt thinks that Nina's let it slip. And then, cause he's had these holes with George. He just got left out of a vote. Maybe he thinks it's Jacuzzi Alliance, which he is technically reading correctly, which is, which is mm -hmm. good. Maybe he thinks they're voting for Jerry and trying to three, two, one him out of the game. 
Mm-hmm. And then that's why he, I think that that would make sense of why he gets freaked out, abandons any type of flip plan that may or may not have been in motion, unsure, and then tells Simon or really indicates that Simon vote for Nina because then he mm-hmm. knows there's at least three Nina votes against another three and it's not going to be a three, two, one situation. Yes. Yes. You explained that far better than I could. Does that make sense? I don't but know. That's what no, I was, no, I was reading in, in trying, yeah, trying to feel like where his head yeah, is. He did seem freaked out by that. It, it felt disproportional to, to what had happened. So my guess is that Simon and Matt had not like talked with Nina or floated the possibility by Nina yet. So it's not like Matt had the option in his brain of saying, oh, Nina's just saying another name in front of George because I know she's actually going for George. It seems like they, they hadn't conversed about any possibility of making a big move yet. And so I guess that just... Mm-hmm raised alarm bells for him that he could be losing uh, Jerry and that, like you said, that something bigger could be in the works. And so maybe he just went for the safety in the numbers um, rather than trying to risk it and then forge that relationship. Because then I guess he could also think that if Nina's willing for, to vote for Jerry, then if she's against Jerry, she's also against me. There's no chance she would ever work with me, Matt, if since me and Jerry are clearly such such buddies in the game. So there's a lot of directions that that quick word could have taken and um i thought it was interesting and i i I didn't fully grasp it and also just for anyone listening who thinks i sound like a total fool i have been up for about 18 hours at this point yeah it's really late no you don't at all this is your final tribal council the whole the the way you're selling your podcasting is is what you're saying you You need to be higher on that and you're game i appreciate you saying that deprecating thing that no it's not even self i'm just totally unhinged at this point i'm just like it's well i'm also like because it was going to be a three i mean okay so to make it more confusing so this is why i feel like it's again those like disparate social groups that are helping george where like nina just never trusts matt and then he like Mm -hmm. clearly doesn't trust her back and if anything scared of her and then they can't make it work because this three like were meant to win out on a, mm-hmm. you know the three two one yeah and then george reads it which is unfortunate but even if he does like what is it then 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 it's a tie then it's a three three tie and the people going to rocks are simon which would who will definitely do it that's the only person on their side mm-hmm. Nina's the target um and then george is the target so it's jerry liz and simon picking rocks. right right their their side has the leverage of being like only one of our side is picking rocks like jerry are you really doing this i think jerry is like as loyal as he's been to george Maybe, but then he has Matt on the other side. I don't think Liz is picking a rock. No, definitely that feels, not. That feels like she's too stoic for that to really like fall <laughs> in with George. I mean, it would be a bad move. So I think they have the leverage there. And then even if they don't, their side, you know, only has a 33% chance of going on a rock draw and it's Simon. So it's like, would they really mind? No. So right. like Nina and, and Matt, like really have an opportunity here, but it's just, again, like those social even yeah even even with george knowing it like it's again those so and then they would have all picked rocks and then they would have just all gone to isolation and right <laughs> right but yeah, that I mean, mattered it, anyway yeah but it's just those social bonds that just um yeah that just did not work out yeah at all against george it's, it speaks to the positioning again and yeah i just i don't and it, this is on me too because normally with u.s survivor i watch each episode like three times and then talk about it and i can sound a little smarter but i just no, don't remember Colin, exactly stop. why You've been amazing. No, thank you but no i and i don't say that to fish that out of you but like i just don't remember what it was that matt did that nina does not trust him to this he was like he's giggling with george right now and then it cut to him being like Haha, and he was like picking him up it was actually oh that was it that was it yeah. he's like look at him look what he's doing i was like, and he's but like don't... holding george. that well, was yeah, funny. especially because that that's probably funny. like yeah. a different scene but 
but like oh absolutely no the way she was like he's giggling with george right now and then to that was really really look at them playing in the tree (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i guess it's like it's like nina i guess just hasn't had the connected tissue with matt the entire time and maybe she should be trying to read of the fact that like i think matt was really considering this and i think that's why george again erroneously is fearful and he does change the vote and and both votes of this week he kind of has a a fear in Matt that seems misplaced. But there's something there. Matt is crying in confessional. He tells us about it. He he had he leads Simon on. There must have been was he just trying to like screw with Simon? Like there must have been something there. I think there was something there. I think Nina's the one who just has no trust, even though there might be some logic for Matt. Again, we're saying there might be no logic. He's been so loyal to George and there's a pathway, but there could be logic there. And he's doing these things. He's he's putting himself out there Mm -hmm. to to make up this plan. So maybe like, and she's incorrectly reading that as an option. And then when she comes back and she's clearly not on board and she seems like a threat to Jerry, he's fully out. But I think that like yeah. Simon's words seem to affect him. I think that he's been cons- clearly considering things. And I think that this was possibly an option for him. I, I don't know if, it, I, I don't know if it was even said in stone. I, maybe we didn't get that no. far enough, but by the no. time, like he was reading Nina's reaction to it, it was never on. I think he, he's a maybe and she's a no. And that's why it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, no, perfectly said. And I think that's on Nina a bit for maybe even if she doesn't trust Matt wholeheartedly, she needs to trust that Matt would have Matt's best interests at heart and to see that possibility that he would be open to it and understanding like why or where that is coming from. But I think just the lack of communication and just the timing of it all just didn't line up. And then him boosting George up into the tree, I guess, really was a nail in the coffin. Yeah. It's hard because it feels like Nina has so little to lose, clearly, Mm -hmm. because she gets Mm -hmm. voted. And we we know her position is low. Like, I think, you know, I credited Nina. I gave her a cheesy point last week for getting in with George. And I felt that was good at the time. Okay, like, let's recover from a bad merge, be the last remaining minority member, get in with George. But it was to to take a shot. You know, it wasn't to keep enabling him yeah. um, through to a power structure that will get rid of you here, which they did. Like even they did. the way that she's reading the Jacuzzi Alliance and their position, she and she goes to, you know, she votes out Haley to the six on what's going to be like a four, well, with her, a five to one. Mm-hmm. So if you're at the bottom of that, they're going to need a split. It does become her. Mm-hmm. Simon piles on it. That would have been enough. They, they end up piling on it. That sends her out like, she obviously didn't see when she was making that move. And again, like whether those numbers were even there for her, whether Matt could be pulled as an example. But when she was again in, enabling George and his group, she put herself on the bottom of a five to one to one person to Simon, who again could win immunity. There's a million yep. reasons Nina could go here. It's not just so it wasn't accidental. Could go wrong. Yeah, exactly. And they did. Like she, yeah. she got five five votes. So that, yeah, it's yeah. hard to keep crediting her getting in with George. Like now you're in. Now, like the calls coming from inside the house, like now we do something, but it, she yeah. didn't have the resources possibly. And she didn't have the, I, I don't think like the want, we, you know, whether yeah. she could have done it at the Haley vote. And we talk about like, she wasn't a, a pure swing, other numbers there. I think it, it, it deserves to be said as well. She seemed to really not want to do it. You know, when she cast right. a vote for Haley, she's like, you threw me under the bus. She wants to take out Haley. And it's that want and that wrong intention that leads her down the path that we get to it by the end of the week. Yeah. And I, I think too, like, I can't really blame her too, just because the way her alliance just got decimated. I, I'm sure she's just in this short-sighted uh, survival round-to-round kind of mode. And it's harder to see kind of the path down when you're just so concerned about staying. And I, I'm sure I am sure I would have been extremely rattled if the final 10 had played out the way it did to me. Like that was pretty uh, just totally fumbling the bag there. So I'm sure yeah. there's some repercussions there. So yeah, I can't, I can't be too hard on it, but it's been, it's just it's missed opportunities. 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, I would love to give a small eulogy to Haley. I feel like we yeah. didn't do that. And, you know, it's such a different game for her, but to come in as the only winner. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it's kind of like Tina did in, in Blood versus Water and also with newbies, mm-hmm. but it's like such a different Blood versus Water dynamic and, and so much longer ago. Like, Haley comes in as not just the only winner, but like an incredible winner. Mm-hmm. One of the best players in Global Survivor. And maybe not a lot of Definitely. people knew that because they had not seen that season on, on this season. <laughs> but it, it remains to be true. And for the people that did, they spread the word. Sean was saying, like, she's, she won, you know, she's, and she's such a good player. And like that threat level was an anchor, 100%, and mm-hmm. so, so tough. But there were still these moves. And my, my favorite move that she made in the entire series was someone we didn't even see, which was what we saw it in a secret scene we heard about in the exits was what an incredible job she did in somehow convincing people who played with her on the season in Flick and, and everyone else that she and George were against each other, which it seems like mm. is a thing that lowered her threat level enough, even in how big it was, to carry her through to at least close to Emerge and then she gets saved by the non-alum, gets through to Emerge. Like she shouldn't even have been close to that, but she really was driving this point home. And that's like the subtle manipulation. It was a very different game, but I think we see how kind of incisive she can be uh, and really consider these things and, and make moves in, in the shadows. Super, super different. But she's one of the best of all time. I think she's one of my favorite Survivor players in history. And I love her. And we were lucky to have her for 39 <laughs> days. And that also seems very fitting. Yes, I, I co-sign everything you said. I've been so impressed with her game. And I've, I, I honestly, I don't have a great memory of her game from Brain versus Broad. Like well, we just, might rewatch it in the off yeah. season, TBD. So yeah, ah, <laughs> I, could, I could might do, do it. I would be due for a rewatch, honestly, because I it's just I mean, obviously, having played Survivor in the time since I watched it and I'm talking about it now, it's kind of hard to remember the details. But um, with Haley's game this time, I felt like like you said, it was such a crutch being the only winner and having to play this like behind the curtain game. Like to me, like I, I just keep thinking it's like a straight jacket almost. And she's like, I'm sure yeah. she wanted to play so hard and she's just bound and restricted. She's like, no, I can't. I can't pop out too early. I can't do this. I can't do this. Like I must have been so frustrating and I, I spoke to it earlier but just like it's not the game she would have wanted to play and i i think some of the moves she made here were just inspired and and the final 10 just like leaking the information and getting those idols played like i was i was listening to um the survivor specialists the other day and talking about the inheritance advantage imagine if that existed in the season of Australian Survivor, and she had played that and gotten two idols mm. out of it. Oh my god! Like just that possibility alone, just like got my wheels turning. But no, she is incredible. Seems like a totally lovely human being as well, and uh, I, I really enjoyed watching her. And like I said, I was I was fangirling over her and uh, shot her a message after. I was like, "You made it past the first tribal," and and that was enough for me to be excited about that. Um, but then to watch the game she played and her to to navigate from the shadows i thought was very very impressive yeah she really almost took him out of that 10 like you know she yeah. came she came closer than anyone she had. did everything she got like it's yeah. really yeah. yeah yeah i don't know whose whose fault that was but i i remember <laughs> thinking at the time it was ironic because it, it harkened back to sandra trying to get the heroes to to get in gear on heroes versus villains and they just wouldn't listen to her and for i, I nina seemed more open to it than, than sam and sean but man that would have been that would have been pretty cool. It was a comedy of errors. It was everything had to go wrong and it did. It did. And it did. It's led us to this point. But let's let's talk about, you know, it's so late oh, and I feel bad. We've got we've got a couple of things to talk no, about. No, I'm let's, having let's a blast. Do, I feel bad. It, yeah, but you you're amazing. We're gonna do the chizzy. Take it away, Jacob, take a wine scene and MC color. One, two, three. One, 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 three. One, one, two, one, two, three. It's 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Owen, oh, it was a bit of a tough week, I feel. Um... Do you want to give your points? Because it could be historic because this is where we sit. So if George gets even a point, he wins the Chizzy at all. And also Haley needs to get top points for George <laughs> not to win the Chizzy or Liz to tie the Chizzy with George. She would be then on the pathway. If she gets top points and George gets no points, then he doesn't win. Anything else that happens in this Chizzy, George will win the Chizzy. So it's a big one. So do, would you want to give your points? Do I start with three or do I start with one? Whatever you think is more interesting. I feel like probably the one is more interesting. So maybe start with three and then we'll work our way down. That's definitely true. Okay. Okay. Well, Shannon, let's get the crown out now. George is getting three of my chizzy points. I think he played this week very well. And I I know the the chaos of the second episode's tribal council and and flipping the votes off and just uh, adjusting on the fly there um, maybe could be seen as like, I don't know if it was paranoia, but it was a proper read at the time. He knew something was up with Matt. At, at least there was some trepidation there. But just as I've been saying for the for the entirety of this podcast, he's just been amazing to watch for the whole season. But I, I thought this round worked out great. And obviously he was able to get out Haley and, and close his arc. And I believe him when he says he wanted to go to the end with her and have this poetic end to their arc together. And I'm sure he did not want to have to do what he did but he made the proper reads he got everything in line and and pulled it off so he's getting my three yeah okay very well george just won the chizzy underrated (laughs) massive massive victory yeah just absolutely dominating so far who are your two and one going to um I got to give my two to Simon. Um, I know he has not been the strategic mastermind, but and this could be some bias coming in just since I faced uh, some similar frustrations in my season. But um, the clutch immunity win alone for me, that was a uh, all-time survivor moment. Like really, as you said earlier, just an amazing all-time challenge and to, to essentially beat a two-on-one scenario he i saw him on twitter he's like 2v1 clutch and he pulled mm-hmm. it out and uh yeah i was very very excited for him so he's getting two points for me and then my final point i think i'm gonna go with liz for my final point and um this may also speak a bit more to her body of work than just this week but um i thought her uh work with the, the the spa reward and getting the jacuzzi alliance together even though it was short-lived um i do think it had some merit there and uh gave her some options and potentially brought up an inroad with nita even though she went and voted her out immediately i still think um 
it was it was the right call and I, I don't know. I, I respected the wins and um, she's just been hilarious as well. So I don't know if uh, these points can be given for just pure TV humor. No, oh, they, they can. Okay. Doing, yeah. Well, then Rick can't tell me if I said no. <laughs> bonus point. No, you can bonus, do what you want. It's like point. a juror, right? There's no yeah. right way to do it. No, there is. There bonus is point for, no, for, for chanting <laughs> fight, fight, fight. Bonus point for talking about George's foreskin and his skirt. Everything. Just, yeah, give Liz my final point. Well, yeah, that's really interesting. And I had I was in um, similar thought processes to you. So for George, I'm definitely giving him three points. Um, so yeah, he really is out to quite a lead and is winning cheesy. But I kind of mm-hmm. feel like any time that he remains in and they're not really taking shots at him other than Simon, I'm going to keep giving him three points. Like just for maintaining yeah, that, it's crazy to me. Wild. Yeah, because I feel for so many of them that they shouldn't. Um, he won the war with Haley because of all of the resources that he's amassed. He pulled Liz in shockingly well after everything that we, you know, have thought in terms of Shawnee going home. Um, he pulled Nina in, then disposed of her. The, the, his mm-hmm. relationship with Jerry remained remain so crucial to me. Like, coming back in that secret scene, which was, you know, it's all in the Channel 10 YouTube, and when they came back from the Haley vote, Jerry really backs George up. He's like, he says to Matt, they're all, the three of them are speaking. He's like, I said, I told George, what well, you know, he, he kind of takes some of the blame of why Matt had been left out of that vote. Like having Jerry there and hopefully the twist doesn't screw it up. But I think that there's like a real loyalty there that could be absolutely imperative for George. And he's maintaining all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give two to Simon as well. Yay. And I feel like it was George and then a big gap and then Simon and then a big gap for me. I feel mm-hmm. like he was a clear mm-hmm. two points. I think the challenge went, as you said, phenomenal. Um, to outplay Nina um, and to get the name right there in the split, he was always going to stay. Um, yeah. And I just think his logic is correct. And what he's saying mm-hmm. is having an impact um, and maybe could have had, you know, the right impact if there were numbers there for Matt. And yeah, just like the, the things he said, he said to Nina, I don't know if I've said this, but the, the way he phrased it to Nina, even though it didn't work out probably because of those disparate relationships, but he says to her, who can you be? Anyone mm-hmm. except George. And, and like, if I'm out, who's next? Are you? Clearly, yes. <laughs> we, we literally <laughs> saw it. Um, but like putting those questions to her, they were the, the right questions to ask because they were extraordinarily valid. So I'm giving two points to Simon. And then I was between a couple of things. I see all this point and I really considered it. Um, I think that, again, she does a lot of great work. And what's so interesting as well is that I think she's like, she in her own right, like as much as George has pulled her in, she's pulled herself up to being, a crucial number for George. The fact that she's the only one with all the information and that like chaotic split in the second episode is interesting. It, it kind of felt like she'd become maybe even a number one. I mean, Jerry's uh-huh. important too, but really important to him. And it was more like a, a four than we'd, we'd seen of her in the Jacuzzi Alliance. And there's a lot of good work being done there. I just felt like I didn't want to reward what I see the other pathway that I just, I just see much, so much more strength in. And that I think is a great pathway for her where she still has shields, where she can yeah. still pick up numbers, where she just has that much more agency. And the revenge arc is just not what I wanted it to be. I think there are stronger yeah. choices that could have been made. And I just, I don't know that I can, when I feel like she's working really well, but against her interest, possibly yeah. like in the wrong direction to enable the wrong group. And even the fact that, like, especially because then she, like, sacrifices Nina. Like, that was a relationship she made, which is great. Like, Nina feels good about her. And then it's still getting, you know, sacrificed for George's interests. And I don't know that that's a move she wants to be making. I think she's more following that along. So I don't know if I could really give it. But I did consider it. And then I thought, okay, well, what am I going to (laughs) do? Not a lot of people have to give (laughs) points to. I'm going to give a point to Jerry. Nice. Um, Yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah, yeah, I think that I just feel... I see, the, I see the pathway for Matt and Jerry. I think he's sticking strong with it. I hope the intentionality is there. And we've heard it once in a pre-merge, but we still have heard that. And I think there's 
actually a winning game for him there, which is important. And I think that if anyone wants to stick with George and not be scared that he's going to cut you like he did to Nina, that Jerry can rely on that the most. So mm-hmm. it's less, much less dangerous for him than anyone else. So it's particularly stable and possibly a winning path. And there's some agency in the fact that there's like true protection, I feel, rather than for other people who are like, oh, I'm sticking with George because it's stable and he's protecting me. Oh, he's like literally cut me out in the name of that stability like he has done for Nina and that he might do for others. So mm-hmm. I gave him a point. And that means, yes, that George has won the Chivy. Congratulations to George. Congrats, George. 30 points. Then Shawnee had 10. Liz is now on seven. Haley left on seven. Then Shawnee Nina's was the next closest five. with 10. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she's still the next closest. Total runaway. My God. Week. Yeah, literally. He's on 30 points. That's crazy. I know. So Sean on five. Sam left on three. David left on three. Jordy left on three. Now Jerry's on three. Oh, Simon's on five now. There we go. Yeah, well, amazing. He Let's really, go, like, he got, Well, he got four points in this, in this week. So he's up on five. Um, Matt's on two. And then Paige left on one. And that's always a part of the chart that I'll have to read every single week because I gave her a point. So, mm. yeah, big victory, <laughs> Owen. Do you have time in this very late hour for some JLP tweets and some breaking JLP news? Let's do some JLP news. And I'm happy to take some questions. I know you had that Twitter thread out too, so. Yes, yes. We've got to a lot, but we'll definitely take questions as well. Yeah. As well. But take it away, Bradley Pines and Will from America. Watch as you scroll, a JLP's on a roll. It could be punishing law. Or guys tugging on poles. What will he say? It could make your whole day. The show's not complete without a JLP tweet. Okay, so here's my breaking JLP news. And you can check it out on your own phone. I think JLP's Twitter has been hacked. Oh my goodness. Underrated story. Runs to, runs to Twitter immediately. Unless it's better since before since before um the podcast, but his display picture is gone. He oh, no. posted a pinned tweet that is like um, spam and no. he wasn't coming up on my search. Are, are you still getting this? I am not. Can you not find him? Because that's I'm why. Ha- I think he's in it- like Twitter jail because he got catfished or he's he's been hacked or something. Oh my goodness. Because I was seeing his tweets recently. They last night. I mean, I still found they- it. Oh, Someone okay. Oh, yeah. I found him. I found Does him. Does he have a profile picture? No, he does not. And yeah, his pinned tweet is fi- building the future of internet and finance. Join us, settlements-circle.com. We're not endorsing this website. Um, no. Yeah. No, this, I mean, JLP this does not got look hacked. good. This yeah, I was literally good. rushing as always, running late all the time, trying to get to this podcast. Just want to pull my JLP tweets, which I always do last minute, trying to find him. Can't find him. He's been hacked. Someone yeah. help. Hashtag save JLP's Twitter. <laughs> I know last JLP's week I didn't have any tweets to pull, but I still wanted to be here. I'm really concerned. No, I'm genuinely I, concerned. I don't, I don't mean it to sound like a joke. Like we have No, to, I hope like, he gets it back. I, I love the way he tweets where he always does everyone's name in all caps. Yeah. That's He's like fantastic. my dad. Literally, that's what my dad <laughs> posts on Facebook. My dad will be like, so proud of my daughter, Shannon Gus. She's on talking tribal all caps. Like JLP literally listened to it's a very specific joke. If you if you're friends with my dad on Facebook, you'll find this hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> my cousin who's listening. Hope you enjoy Jason. This one's for you. But yeah, I mean, look, he has some great tweets this week. His Twitter needs to be protected at all costs. This is a very, very fearful thing for me. But oh, absolutely. He needs to be protected at all costs, and by extension, his Twitter also 100%. must be saved. This is like you agree he's been he's been hacked, right? Oh yeah. No, that is very, very strange. Yeah. yeah. No, and I could only get to him by clicking on his handle from like a Dalton Ross tweet. So Yes. 
It yeah. might have been because I was spelling Jonathan with an H the first time. No, I tried but- all the spelling of Jonathan, and then I literally, <laughs> then I found the handle, then I searched it again. I do this Very every strange. week. It's never been tough. He's unsearchable. Something is going on. So whatever Maybe he, we can uh, do to try did something to this. Elon Musk. This is like the whole Rupert thing. Remember when Rupert locked himself out of his own account? Yes, Rupert's kids or whatever. Rupert's kids. Yeah, then he has to have other, yeah. Or if we want to go survivor tweeters. If we want to go full tinfoil hat, maybe this has to do with the way Rogue was was treated, and Elon is sticking up for his uh, fellow South African. And uh, well, I'm a part of that. It's a slow play. (laughs) I don't claim claim the South Africanism (laughs) of that of the Elon Musk Rose like. <laughs> like, Maybe the secret alliance. Group. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, absolutely not part of that. I mean, I I do not endorse that. All the all the hackers or any part of this. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's in like Twitter jail. He's been hacked. It's really bad, and we need a solution. And hopefully, it gets solved soon. But I do have tweets. So he put up a picture, and he's like, hands are in a kind of gesture where it looks like he like that. Uh, anyway, it looks like he's doing kung fu. So he tweeted, <laughs> "What do you mean you'll be watching maths tonight? Don't make me come over there and do some kung fu on your ass." <laughs> I said it like that as it was written. He spelled y'all as Y-O. So. I see that. Oh, my God. Fantastic. And uh, the dash with Kung, uh, I don't even know if that's the proper spelling and if it should be both capitalized. But anyway, this is fantastic. And also, what are these boots with the shorts, too? Mm, it's a look. I mean, it also something I'm not noticing, just like Jerry, Jerry's nipple Jerry's tattoo. Jerry's nipple tattoo. That, we really do we still do I hashtags do. for individual podcasts? Because We are for this one. Hashtag okay. Jerry's, Jerry's nipple tattoo. tattoo. Right? Yeah. 100%. 100%. 100%. We have an all season, but we are for this one. A million. Also, save JLP's Twitter. We'll hashtag both and people will we'll have no both. space to tweet anything else. 100%. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting that you say that because he did actually get um, grammar checked by someone this week, JLP, where he said who's with W-H-O apostrophe S. And someone was like, it's W-H-O-S-E. And he responded and he was like, you're right. And I was like, good, because grammar is important. Good grammar you, and protecting your password two, fa- two factor <laughs> authentication jlp oh my gosh um he said has george played the best game in samoa by a country mile love him or hate him i'd say that's hard to argue with but i know you will jokey face <laughs> <laughs> i was like clocked him jail <laughs> but i know you will that's a very probstian uh, approach to twitter where it's like i know yes. you're gonna come after me but uh i don't know if he's he's he gets his own uh this is why you suck segment like jeff yeah. has I feel like I'm becoming probstian. Like it's not oh, something no. I enjoy. Where I'm like, who's going to come after me for, for saying that they should you? be doing something else? Uh, I don't know. Random. Unreal. It's hard to put a lot of opinions out there all the time. It's something I'd probably like a break for, but it's fine. We've got two weeks left. We're going really well, Owen. Everything's great. <laughs> he says, "Love it when players take it upon themselves to speed up an endurance challenge." Congrats, Matt, on another win. What an incredible feat. feat. Hashtag dad joke. Hashtag sorry. <laughs> <laughs> With the foot emoji as well. Yes. Yes. In case you didn't get it. In case you didn't get that he was making a foot joke. So much of this post merge has been foot based. I feel mm. too much. Yeah. <laughs> too much. Definitely too much. Yeah. Well, anything's too much. He also says, I love this. Hashtag survivor isolation. And then just a shrug emoji. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I think that's his last tweet. So that's if it. if the account goes down, that's what he's going to end on forever. God forbid. I hope not. We should get it trending in his honor. I guess. Yeah. Survivor isolation. When you, you click on it, there are two tweets for What's hashtags. The They're both from the Plan Voodoo podcast. Oh. And that's all. I, I'm, I thought there'd be more. Like, look. Well, I guess. 
I went through the longest ISO in global history or what, you know, quarantine, all of that. I thought I'd put it behind me and then they made an entire twist based on it. Please. (laughs) You definitely know a producer was like sitting in in isolation through 2020, 2021 and being like, we're going to use this as a non- This is terrible. Let's do (laughs) it to starving people. Everyone would hate this. Yes. And they're right. hundred percent. And let's do it at the final six. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That person went mad with power and also just playing crazy. And didn't we all? And then who can, Mm -hmm. who can judge them for that? If that's when they were coming up. Not, not I. Yeah. So I also went with Instagram at the time when I couldn't find his Twitter. (laughs) So I got, he has a picture and it's an immunity idol, but instead of the idol, it's a cucumber. (laughs) And he said, sneak peek, new cucumber idol going into play this week to spice up the end game. No, no paperwork comes with this idol except a napkin. Oh, that's fantastic. And, and Simon had this also a really funny joke about how he was like, no paperwork, no worries. Like I'm using those. Like Simon's been leaning into everything, but JLP really brought it on Twitter this week. And I'm sorry for criticizing him last week. And I really hope his Twitter is okay. That, I hope so too. And this Instagram photo, it's not even like a selfie of him with a cucumber. It is a poorly Photoshopped cucumber on a string at Tribal Council. Yeah. And well, it's very grainy too. Yeah. He just yeah. went for it. He just I think he just made that himself. Like the, I don't think I was a social media team. Like I really like respect the JLP. I love the it. social media team are dealing with the fact that his Twitter's been hacked. So he's got to do all of his own material. I so, love it. Also his his profile picture on Instagram, he looks so young. He looks so <laughs> different. I don't know what it is. I guess no beard maybe is what's throwing mm. me off. Yeah, I mean, look, these seasons will age you. I've aged. I'm 30 now. <laughs> I literally aged through this season. I'm in a whole new decade. And that's how I feel as well. Um, you mentioned questions. We we did answer a lot of them. I have one here. Excellent. Ro- Roakley says, why has the editing turned around to be so much more deceptive this week? Why did Haley not vote for George as presented, which we spoke about? How in the hell was tonight's vote actually a five to one, et cetera? Are we falling back into old slash USA habits? Did you feel that this week? I I did this and I don't know if it was just I didn't have as much time to like watch the episodes this week or I rushed it or I was nervous about doing this or whatever. But yeah, I felt very confused and I was pausing and like, wait, what? Like I was particularly shocked at the Haley vote as well. It's like she put all this plan in motion, then she didn't even do it. And I felt like, wait, am I missing something? But then I went on to the Reddit discussion and same, same, all those comments were were confused as well. So it's not just us and it's not just this person asking. Like, I do think... I don't, I don't know if it was like a, a intentional decision, but um, I think it made for like more compelling television, obviously. So I, I guess it was intentional, but no, I mean, I, I think, I don't think it was intentionally deceptive. I think that's just kind of the way the, the day played out. And I wish we had seen more of how Haley came to the assessment that Nina was not on her side. And I wish we had heard more about what at Tribal changed, but I think we did see George um, astutely, figure out that there was something sus going on with Matt. So yeah. and Liz changed the vote. So the, the, the crumbs were there, but um, it definitely felt different than the rest of the season for me. Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably like for many people, like the least satisfying narrative and the fact that they're all just like doing what George wants. So the one thing that I felt was very kind of constructed was the fact that they were painting Nina as a swing vote to us, which is something I've experienced, I think twice in Survivor this week, going to the US where it's like, but are you a swing vote? Like I'm counting <laughs> my fingers and that doesn't really work. And I think that that was too, you know, obviously it's something that she's saying, but it was, I don't think ever going ahead clearly because yeah. she would have had to really radically change the numbers and she wasn't between these two binary choices. And I think that they're trying to add intrigue there to what's like a clear vote. And in the rest of the season, I think there's been so much narrative intrigue that it's been easy to just show it as, as, yeah. it, as close to as, 
as it is as possible because there's so much there that's really fascinating. I think that to me was the big thing that stood out. Otherwise, I mean, I don't think I have an issue with the rest. Haley not voting for um, George and voting for Nina. Like it really feels like that was a gut call that she's not verbalizing to anyone in the moment, maybe making that call at tribal council. That's not mm-hmm. something that they can really give to us. And I agree. I think in the second episode, um, you know, the five one, it really did happen like that. Like Simon yeah. seems to be getting a lot of that information, um, you know, in, in tribal council, we see Liz and George switch their votes in tribal council. So I think we see how that all happens. It was a lot going on and it was these, again, small little numbers, but I think we see how that all happens. And even going back for the hundredth time and hearing Matt's fear about losing Jerry, it also gave context to me of like, oh, maybe that's how Simon was in on the vote, that Matt mm-hmm. might be scared of this other three voting for Jerry. And he really wanted to give Simon um, that name so that he could make sure there was a third vote like yeah. again on Nina so that they can think, definitely have a three. So I think the, the crumbs were really there for that. Yeah. I think you nailed that assessment for the, for the Matt and Simon scenario there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that if, if I, if I did, then the, the edit gave it to me because it, it really was mm-hmm. there, but it was on like my last viewing that I was like, Oh, that might be, um, you know, why he's doing that. But I do think, yeah, the swing vote stuff was a bit like, I was like, Oh no, Haley, there aren't the numbers. <laughs> this isn't actually. And even That's if it was, thing. it would have been between yeah. Haley and George, which was painful, but I was like, Haley's going home. I oh, know, so unfortunate, but we were lucky to have her for 19 episodes. Yeah, you know? so much fantastic TV. run, fantastic run. So, so much content. Oh, and this has been such a delight. So much fun. I mean, I, I knew obviously watching you, meeting you, how much fun you are um, and like listening to your medium dive, um, which I really <laughs> enjoyed. I was like, you know, the, the kind of clarity that you have for the game, the kind of like logic and sense is something I always really enjoy. And I'm really, Thank really you. glad. So this, this is your first RHAP recap. This is your first, is this your first oh. recap of Survivor as a player? You know what? I think, yeah, I think you're oh my God, right. I'm How about that? I'm, I'm honored, honored too. No, this has been Take super fun. Yeah. No, it, it, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what you <laughs> get for only having me. me for 60 minutes. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, Rob will be delighted to talk to you, you know, for all the US seasons to come, but I got in first and I feel great about yes. that. It was so much fun. No, I had I had a blast, and I I mean I was so so glad to meet you back in October um, when we got to. And uh, no, I mean I've I've enjoyed listening to you over the years, and I I mean it when I say, and I'm not just sucking kneecaps here, but your your mind for the game is very impressive. I know you joke that you'd be voted out first, but um, nah, who knows? But, but it's <laughs> it's just I mean I it's it's impressive just the way you're able to break this all down. Can I'm I'm honored that you said I I can logically talk about the game because especially today i've got to be honest with folks i've mentioned i've been up for a very long time no, we so i so much no, no idea what i'm saying but um no i i'm just very impressed with your coverage and it's just a lot to cover too my god just so many episodes but what a what a delight it is to get to watch it that's why we talk about it for so many hours a week. Because <laughs> like, yeah, when I come right. on to check in with Rob we still have things to talk about we have his take so i mean it's been really really fun um i feel yeah that the season has been so enjoyable to cover and this is just another podcast that I had so much fun doing. So I really appreciate it. And you, yeah, stayed up late to do it tonight as opposed to tomorrow night so that everyone could get the podcast earlier. And we are all so grateful because it was an incredible time. I mean, the strategic insights are one thing, but you pointed out Jerry's nipple tattoo. Yes. Jerry's that, nipple I mean, tattoo. If, that's a if that's my legacy <laughs> from, from coming on this, that's, I can live with that. We need everyone legacy. to know about Jerry's nipple tattoo. Everything for me has changed now. The whole way that I, I will never unsee it. And I can't believe I didn't until now, which is crazy. I am, but, I am so sorry. And you're welcome. Yeah, 100%. Oh, and where can people find you on social media with your account that is still intact? Yes, and, yes. You know, still have a profile Instagram picture. Not, not no screwing up there. 
Yeah. yeah. So Twitter, I'm Tulane Owen. And on Instagram, I am the young knight. Um, and yeah, you can find me there. Shoot me a message. I'm always happy to uh, chat with fans and fellow patrons. So much fun. Well, okay. Talking Tribal. Let's plug that. That's out. Next week, we should have a special guest on Talking Tribal, which I'm really excited about. I'm not going to say who it is, but definitely check it out. Um, the X interview with Haley is out already. The check-in with Rob coming later this week. Next week on the recap, Owen, we have someone that we have discussed in this podcast, Jesse. Jesse, hey. your former castmate, will be joining yes. me to talk about a tricky endgame, which is something I think he knows a little something about. So Fantastic. We'll He's going to do that. great. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited about great it. Pick. Yeah, I love every season. I just get these great guests and yeah. more people that I can add to the schedule, which is yeah. awesome. The new um, era and then strong. 100%. So yeah, definitely like all my guests, this 42 <laughs> and 43 have really, have really made up the schedule and it's been great. Thank you, New Era, for the podcast guests. Um, and then yeah, covering Survivor Global, Survivor 44. I had Lisa Stanger on for week two. I have Baden mm. Gilbert on, Australian Survivor player Baden oh, Gilbert Baden. on for week three. So having a lot of fun with that. Follow me at Shannon Gates where I'm putting all of that out and subscribe to the International Survivor Hap-Ups feed so you don't miss any of the content. Owen, what a great time. You need to go to sleep. You need you and your cats need to <laughs> you know turn off for the night. It's his bedtime over here and happy editing to you, Shannon. This was Oh fun. no, I, this is such a good time. Owen, thank you so much again. Thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you to Scott St. Pierre behind the scenes and I will see you on the check-in. Bye. Bye. Australian survivor. Survivor is Survivor New Zealand. Survivor. 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 Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.